0: you <sweak> is bright and sunny but underneath the surface lies a dark world behind your safe little havens that y'all call home beneath the surface there's an evil that festers and grows where the american dream goes dark this is the literary license podcast america goes dark episode your book-to-screen show where we head down a dark alley and discover the books, the films, and all the darkness in between. With your co-host Leandro Ghazi, Craig Johnson, David Grant, Vicky Ray, and Keith Shago. Things may look perfect on the outside, but what really goes on behind closed doors?
1: Have you checked the children? Be afraid
2: I hope they are watching They'll see
0: They'll see and they'll know and they'll say,
3: why she wouldn't even harm a fly, a fly, a fly, a fly, a fly, a fly, a fly. A fly, a fly. Oh, shit hello, welcome to the Literal Podcast and Merry Christmas. It's December and we'll be doing our books of streams with We we'll Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson and the film from 2019 or 18, 17. Ain't it? Um, Thank you. It is from 2018, yes. So, I love it when I'm
4: right.
3: <laughs> so who do we have with us today? We got Craig Johnson with us. Hello, Craig.
2: Hello from me, essentially, everybody. Leandro
3: Ghazi with us. Hello, Leandro. Hi, how are you? Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hi,
4: everybody.
3: And I'm your host, Keith And Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, Leandro, what have you been up to since last time we spoke to you?
5: I uh, have been training, uh, well, since August, but now have lost seven kilos so far, so back on track on the gym, and yeah, uh, working, and more or less getting ready to go to Argentina now on the 13th for Christmas, so yeah, can't wait.
3: Nice. And what about yourself, Craig? What have you been
2: up to? Um, just been working, and um, I've started my new job on Monday. Uh, working at the head office, and uh, I've been watching um, Wednesday on Netflix.
4: Y'all liking that? I only watched yeah. like the first episode. It isn't it's, singing to me yet.
2: Oh, it's excellent! I love. I it. mean, I
4: just got to give it more of a chance. It just seemed like more goth girl stuff. That's all. Just like come on,
3: but... it's like well, a dark that's what, Well, that's what Wednesday Adams is. She's a goth.
4: Well, she is a goth girl, I know, but I just said it's like I don't know. It just seems like it's totally gotten away from the mm. the universe, I guess, a little bit.
2: Yeah. No, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I've only up the wait.
4: second episode. I got to give it more of a chance. Everybody said they loved it, so. Well,
2: I, mean, I like yeah. that Danny Elfman's doing it, and I like it's good to have Tim Burton working with the guys from the Adams Family movies. So. Oh, a, they
4: are working yeah. together.
2: Yeah. It yeah. Was a good combination um yeah she's wasn't a really a...
4: she's really cute who is that actress it's driving me nuts
3: jenny ortega she was in oh X.
4: that's jenny ortega that's how much i need to watch it then i guess doesn't mm. even look like her i didn't even she see is. the credits where
3: she is a screen she's our screen clean for 2021 and 2022
4: it's looking that way we have been treated well this year horror wise i have to say mm.
3: But I like all the Easter eggs in it as well. It's got some great Easter eggs in it. And right. Wednesday as well.
4: Like what? So. Like give me one Easter egg. I haven't seen it all yet,
1: so.
3: Well, um, it's got the secret entrance to the secret society. That's an Easter egg. Um, there's also Cousin It's picture, his oh, ancestors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How and- come no
4: one oh, really incorporates Cousin I must Cousin It's just like a lot of work I'm imagining. Or he pops up we later used, in the show, maybe? We
2: used to call a, a a girl, a friend of mine called Liz, we used to call her cousin it, because she never had used a to... Lot
4: call, of
2: hair. She was always freaking out about getting a haircut. So we called her <laughs> cousin it.
4: <laughs> well, why would she get
2: freaked out about that? <laughs> uh, and what else are you up to, you, Craig? Uh, just looking after my mom, because my mom's had a uh, a hip replacement operation, so I've just been... Caring oh,
4: how's she doing? Her.
2: Yeah, she's she's a lot better than she was, and... She's healing well. We've got the carers coming in as well, so it's it's um it's fully su- she's fully supported. Um, thank God. Oh, good. <laughs> well, tell, Hop- tell Hoppy tell Happy we've been asking about her. Yeah. <laughs> Is that
4: her nickname? <laughs> the
2: physio came to help her up the stairs and called her granny, <laughs> which. Ah, you,
4: you guys pick it on her. It's no fun, you know. <laughs> Y'all mean. You mean. <laughs>
3: I think they've taken her phone away because she hasn't been
2: texting me lately. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're probably irritating the poor he does, woman.
2: He does say I've, I've got to give a
4: break. okay?
2: Yeah, she, she says I've got to give Keith a break because I'm like text Keith. <laughs> text Keith. She's like, no, I can't text you. I'm sending in too many messages. I was like, okay. <laughs> but thank hey, you Keith, your- for all your help as well in, in getting it sorted. It was amazing
3: yeah no problem i'm glad we got it sorted out and got it done, got it done well, quite quickly for her so i uh, got her off that two-year waiting list to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have a little bit of pull uh, a
4: little bit of pull he's cocky
3: isn't he yeah uh, oh she was on a two-year waiting list and i got her moved up to did you really
4: month. that's fantastic
3: so yeah I think you got Craig, I got Craig's scene quite quickly as well. Got him from a 25-week wait to a two-week wait. That's yeah.
4: terrible though. 25 yeah. weeks. Ah.
3: Yeah. We have there, there is a big problem here with the National Health Service at the moment. Yeah. So rather we were dead before. Well, we
4: don't have any. So at least you've got something to complain
3: about. <laughs> yeah. So unless you're really sick and it's is really like having nothing at all. So
4: <laughs> Or you just go but. we just go to the emergency room here. Uh, well that's
3: well. that's where we're sending that's where we're sending everyone now because we have no space for anything at the moment so but
4: well we're we're having a massive outbreak of RSV and flu So,
3: yeah well ours is not flu ours is just still business management but it is what it is so well, business
4: management well yeah well we all know how the medical has been run over the last few years we all got a good peek at it we all know what's going on now
3: yeah and what about yourself vix what have you been up to
4: not a whole lot. Uh, uh, found out I got a surprise ticket to upstate New York, or northern New York, to go freeze for a week after Christmas. And uh, I've been watching all. I just been watching the, the. I'm not a huge soccer fan all the time, but I have been watching this one um, because I remember a long, like four years ago, my friend took me globe trotting, and the one thing that stuck out in my mind is no matter what country we were in that 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 year we went, everybody watched the Gold Cup. We went. We uh, we went to uh, Istanbul. They were watching the, the cup there. We're in. We went to Thailand. They were watching it there. We went to Morocco. They were watching every single country. And so it kind of made me feel good that, that at least the globe was united on this one thing. You know, everybody's watching something, and there's there's at least a little good, you know, goodwill maybe towards everybody at this time of year. So I find that a little inspiring around this time of year. But other than that, I've just been watching my scary movies and finding all kinds of weird shit like that. Batman, 1940s Batman. I, I don't understand how anything was considered. I, what were they thinking? Even 1940, 50. I mean, the outfits are just killing me. Like it looks like somebody wadded up two socks on Batman's head. It's, it, it, it's just goofy as hell. But it's funny, you know. But uh, hmm. other than that, I've been reading, I found a lot of I found a real good book cache. So I've been trying to uh Watch some of that. Also, I found this little gem on Tubi. It's called The Secret Sex Life of Hitler. Strongly, strongly advised to watch it.
1: Um, <laughs>
4: I um, mean, these weird ass movies just pop up and I go, you know how it always says for you? And it's just like, well, I don't know why they're picking these for me, but I will give it a ride. And I was I was laughing because we all know Hitler had one testicle. But you know, we didn't really know
5: why he had testicle. <laughs> well, I, I, I was I was watching over a lockdown. Um, it's I think it was in Netflix. I watched it with a friend. Um, there, well, basically, Hitler was the son of two cousins, and when two cousins that are like near have a um babies, there's a high chance that that they um, are born with um anomalies. Right. So, what they were saying in this documentary is like Hitler's dad was a uh, cousin of the of the of his mom, and uh-huh. he when he was born, he had one testicle. And well, sorry, we're talking about this in the podcast. <laughs>
4: well everybody's used to us by now you should see this other crap you ever listen to any of our other podcasts leandro it gets worse than this man
5: (laughs) and and he have a problem he have a problem with the ureter the technique you you have one hole where you pee well he has two so when he was peeing he's like the the squirrel was coming from another place so that's why when he was a kid he was kind of like they were uh, being bullied about that he was peeing himself all the time
4: how did this guy get to be a massive dictator i'll never understand this these little men with these little problems and they're all freaked sexually and they all become yeah. dictators it's like how does this happen
5: well because the mind has to compensate
4: yeah so, yeah oh yeah what did i watch i watched this thing called the texas killing fields on netflix too <laughs> I don't live very far removed. I didn't even know this story happened. That you know, I was really young and I didn't live in Texas. But if you get a chance to well, you probably you know skin in the game, but I had no idea. We had two serial killers working simultaneously back in the day. And uh-huh. they were dumping off women in this field. And I never heard about it. I never even knew this was going. It was a really interesting documentary anyway. We did catch one of them, but that other guy, he's still out there. And they know you know just just weird stuff like that keep coming up for you so i end up watching for you so tubi and netflix picks me out the best stuff
1: mm.
4: anyway what's going on with you keith
3: um i had a literary agent contact me and they're representing me to write a book which i started writing now you're telling a book me book at the moment hello so-
4: I really uh, enjoyed your short story that you sent, by the way, too. I
3: really liked it a lot. Yeah, well, I had a short story that's been shortlisted. I'll know on the fifteenth of December whether I won or not. Um, well, so if I, I like that. it, you have to win. <laughs> All that
4: matters that was, is what I
3: like. And that was "Catch You If You Fall." So, and then um, I had this literary agent contact me last week and ask. And they said they really want to represent me, and if I, I have considered writing a book.
4: Did they read something that
3: you had out there randomly or is it word it's, a, it's a short it's a short story that's um up for competition at the moment i think so you know so i finished up i'm finishing off this other short story at the moment that, I, that i've written with Ahmed at the moment so we are finishing that off that's, good that's, deal so and then um so, yes yeah, so i work my book and it's um basically Funnily enough, I don't write horror when I write um, short stories and novels. Well,
4: that so. short story was kind of leaning that way. I mean, I was I was I thought it was gonna have a really bloody end there for a while, but I was really happy how it ended. So.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean it has darkness to it. Um, this one is called the Iso- Isolated Loner. So um we'll see how it goes. It so. seems
4: legit. I like your outline.
3: Yeah. So um and then outside of that, I finished watching Wednesday. Finished watching Dead to Me, which was really good. I really still enjoyed that. Started that
4: one.
3: Watching Tyler Perry Sisters at the moment. Enjoying that. Dragula on Shudder, which is
4: I gotta if you watch like that, yeah.
3: If you like RuPaul, Dragula is a lot better because it's all the bitchiness, but it's it's horror drag queens.
4: I, I love it's really RuPaul. Gory
3: I and disgusting.
4: Uh, yeah, well uh, I haven't seen that. It looked really good and I keep glad you reminded me. I totally forgot about that.
3: It's good. It's uh you know, each episode comes out once a week, so that's very good. Yeah. So oh, I'm so it's still that. ongoing
4: right now. This is their latest season.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think it's got like two or three more weeks to go and then it should be finished. So um,
4: Which, who's showing it?
3: It's on Shudder. It's
4: on Shudder, okay. I didn't know it was on Shudder.
3: It, it started out as a YouTube series and it ran on YouTube for two or three seasons and Shutter bought it so now it's got a little bit higher production value to it but it, it's fun it's really good I mean
4: it looks fun those guys are funny I'm sorry I love love or hate them they are just entertaining as I'll get out they just well Ru-
3: Ru- Ru- RuPaul's like very PC and this is not PC at all this is like oh they, he's they not hate being them. PC not Dragula. Dragula they hate each other I mean there's like Oh, I mean, they're just no like kidding. Usually, each other. there's like oh, unity
4: they're... and flowers. Oh, and no,
3: words. there's no, yeah, no, not Madraga. <laughs> no, these people are just this, this is like real people. So, great,
4: <laughs> right. that gives me more yeah. incentive to watch. I'm glad you reminded me, I've got to start that today.
3: Well, I think it's also because they know they don't have to go for a mass market. So, it's like, oh, we don't need to go for a mass market. So, we're gonna get, we're gonna do it, well, you know, we're gonna they, be real.
4: Paul has stood the test of time, love or hate them, you know, yeah. So. I, I think they're entertaining. I like, I just think they're, I love, I love watching what they do. I just got this mm. weird fixation. How do they, I just, that men can put on makeup better than me. It's just annoying <laughs> in a weird way. I, I would give them, I would let them work on me just for the afternoon, just to see what would happen. <laughs> probably well, be fun.
3: <laughs> a, little, a little bit of vanity goes a long way. That's probably why they could be. Apparently,
4: apparently this is my uniform, you know, is what I wear.
3: And then I got my Christmas shopping done and tree up and everything's done. So waiting for my next couple weeks and then voila off from work. So
4: are you off from work uh, for extended time yet? Or
3: um, I I'm I haven't decided if I'm going to take off between Christmas and New Year. Christmas falls on a Sunday, so we get two extra bank holidays on Monday and Tuesday, and then we get the bank holiday after New Year as well. So um, I I haven't decided yet
4: alone <laughs> you need to no. fly to northern new york so i don't have to be there by
3: myself. I, w- I wouldn't be able to get home that's the problem <laughs> so yeah but um i mean so you're yeah, just getting ready for that um teed off the people at work so that was interesting um i have to whole- can't say well, that and not tell me what
4: happened
3: well there's 60 pe- there's 60 people in our department and there ha- the christmas party can only accommodate 25 so they asked me why oh. I wasn't going, and i I go. I'm sorry, but I can't go to a Christmas party. It's not inclusive. They <laughs> got really upset with me. So, you are Such a hypocrite. <laughs> so that's, I wouldn't
5: that's have strange gone. Doesn't make a Christmas party. And not everyone can attend. I know. It's not
3: it was, inclusive, I, he said. <laughs> I said. I go. I can't go because it's not inclusive. And our, and our hospital loves the word inclusive. <laughs> they use it all the time. <laughs> so they looked at me like
4: where is this <laughs> equity and inclusion now
3: yeah but um i mean i wouldn't have gone anyway so i mean i was just being a bitch so what else can i say i try so, to avoid
4: company parties i've just had too many bad experiences bad i
3: don't Christmas like them Christmas i mean
4: parties for corporate. <laughs> it's
3: very it's very rare that i go when they go how come you don't go i go i see enough, i see more of you than i do my cat well i don't want to see you when I'm <laughs> outside of work again. hours so
5: I so. I always go if there is a raffle. A raffle? <laughs> um, you feeling yeah.
4: lucky, Leandro?
5: Well, the first time <laughs> I went to the, the Christmas party, I won a TV, a 14 inch TV. Oh, you did? Yeah.
4: I never went shit, wow. man. <laughs> That's
1: good.
5: And it was amazing, you know. I, I won the TV right then, then I went to the toilet. And I was peeing, and then I, no, I was in the, in the cubicle, and then I heard the two people talking. I said, How oh, you see that, that bloody bastard of Leo on the TV? I said, Yeah, I can hear you. I was like, Whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs>
0: well, just as they long as you inclusive
4: were. at your parties.
3: Just as long as you were not urinating like Hitler would have.
4: <laughs> yeah. Just pretend you have one testicle, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for a graphic design that will take you to the next level, or something that shows confidence within a growing market to help you stand out amongst the crowd? Amazing Designs give consistent and on-brand designs whether you are looking for something conservative or you want to let your imagination soar. They bring professionalism to a high standard and they are able to visualize your ideas and give them that extra edge. Working one-on-one with their designers will give you a design that will live up to your expectations and more, affordable, expert designs for all Occasions, whether it's logos, brochures, or whatever you can dream of. Amazing Designs is your to go place for creativity and hands-on expertise. Try Amazing Designs today. Contact them via email at AmazingDesigns505 at gmail.com. That's Amazing Designs 505 at gmail.com or reach out by phone at Crunchy Cold one. 805 203 We love them so much here at the Literary License Podcast that we use them ourselves But I'd rather be different than be the
1: same
3: And on that note Let's go to (laughs) We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is a 1962 (laughs) mystery novel by American author Shirley Jackson. It was Jackson's final work that she wrote before she died, and it was published with a dedication to Pascal Convinci, the publisher three years before the author's death in 1965. The novel is written in the voice of 18-year-old Mary Catherine Maricott Blackwood, who lives with her agoraphobic sister and ailing uncle on an estate in Vermont. Six years before the events of the novel, the Blackwood family experienced a tragedy that left the three survivors isolated from their small village. The novel was first published in hardcover in North America by Viking Press, and it has since been released in paperback, as in an audiobook, and an ebook. It has been described as Jackson's masterpiece. Its the first screen adaptation appeared in 2018, based on the screenplay by Mark Kruger and directed by Stacy Passon. What we're going to do is cut to synopsis of uh, we have always lived in the castle and be right back we have always lived in the castle by Shirley jackson the synopsis mary catherine maricat blackwood lives with her elder sister constance and their ailing uncle julius in a large house on extensive grounds in isolation from the nearby village Constance has not left their house in six years, going no further than her large garden. Uncle Julian, who uses a wheelchair, obsessively writes and rewrites notes for his memoirs, while Constance takes care of him. Six years prior to the story, Constance Americat's parents, John and Ellen, their Aunt Dorothy and their younger brother Thomas, died after being poisoned with arsenic, which was mixed with the family's sugar bowl and sprinkled onto blackberries at dinner. Julian was also poisoned, but survived. Maricat was not present at the time, as she had been sent to bed without dinner, as punishment. Constance, the only member of the family who didn't put sugar on her berries, was arrested and charged with murder, but ultimately the verdict proved her not guilty. The people of the village believed that Constance got away with murder, leading them to exclude the family. The three remaining Blackwoods have since grown accustomed to their isolation, leading a quiet, happy existence. Maricat is the family's sole contact with the outside world, walking into the village twice a week and carrying home groceries and library books. On these trips, she is faced directly with hostility of the villagers and often taunted by groups of children with an accusing rhyme about the poisonous sugar. Maricat is protective of her sister and practices sympathetic magic that maintains borders around the house. Maricat feels that a dangerous change is approaching, but before she can warn Constance, their estranged cousin Charles appears for a visit and is welcomed into the home. Charles quickly begins to have a close relationship with Constance and gains her confidence. Charles is aware of Maricat's hostility and is increasingly rude to her and impatient of Julian's weaknesses. He makes many references to the money the sisters keep locked in their father's safe and gradually forms something of an alliance with Constance, encouraging her to leave her home. Maricat perceives Charles as a threat and tries various magical and otherwise disrupted means to drive him from the house. Uncle Julian is increasingly disgruntled by Charles, and suspects that Charles came there for the Blackwoods fortune. One night before dinner, when Constance sends Maricat upstairs to wash her hands, Maricat, in a fit of anger, pushes Charles' smoking pipe into a waste paper basket filled with newspaper. This soon causes a massive fire that consumes the family home. The villagers arrive and help put out the fire, but then finally unleash their long repressed hostility towards the Blackwoods by vandalizing and ransacking the home. Driven outdoors, Maricat and Constant flee into the woods after being threatened by the villagers. While Julian dies of an apparent heart failure during the fire, and Charles attempts to take the family safe. While Maricat and Constant shelter for the night under a tree Maricat has made into a hideaway, Constant confesses that she always knew that Maricat was the one who poisoned the family. Maricat readily admits to the deed, saying that she put the poison in the sugar bowl because she knew that Constant would not take sugar. Upon returning to their ruined home, Constant and Merercat proceed to salvage what is left of their belongings, close off the rooms to damage to use, and start their lives anew in their little space left to them. The house, now without a roof, resembles a castle, turrets, and open to the sky. Constant and Merercat spend much of their time watching the outside world through peepholes hidden by the vines that grow to cover the house. The villagers, feeling remorse at their actions, begin to leave food on their doorsteps while developing stories about the house akin to folklore. Charles returns once to try to renew his acquaintance with Constance, but she ignores him. The sisters choose to remain alone and unseen by the rest of the world. And that is We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Literalized Podcast. We're discussing We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. And starting with you, Craig, what are your thoughts of this book?
2: Um, yeah, I liked it. It was a nice read. Um, it was a nice mystery. And I, I really liked the the sister who did all the spells. Um, Her cat. cat. yeah. She was really interesting and really quirky. Um, yeah,
4: to say the least.
2: I sort of felt for her as well because when she I know she's got the agoraphobia going out and you know um I know what that's like sometimes you know when you just don't want to go out of your house or face stuff and you just want to stay somewhere safe and, you know even going to the shop can be troubling for some people you know and especially when she had all the stigma of um, what the villagers thought of.
4: They were of, awful. They were yeah. nasty horrible, horrible people. Yeah,
2: yeah. so um
4: and they actually track down, they think that the town, well, I guess, I guess um Shirley Jackson lived in North Bennington, Vermont, and they're thinking that's probably, and I believe it if it's Bennington, Vermont. That's probably what those people are like there. Sorry, listeners, if you're from
3: Bennington. Well, Vermont. Shirley Jackson, I mean, um, we interviewed um Lawrence Hyman, Shirley Jackson's son, um, when we first started the podcast six years ago. Yes, but it and and um her she was she was ostracized from her town where she lived it was but it was a yeah it was a college town and they were kind of ostracized and her husband um was very kind of very jealous of her as well because he wanted to be a writer and of course she's the one that kind of took off and sort of thing but um but she does have these kind of similar themes of being ostracized you know, like the haunting of Hill House, or became the movie The Haunting.
4: Every oh. story she has is about isolation. If you've ever noticed it, it's about isolation. Yeah. Most of her stories, because I, I never really read a lot of Shirley Jackson, but she could like possibly be my new favorite author because I really loved this book.
2: It was a nice uh, as well for the book. It was a nice yeah. read. Uh, that was
4: a really good read. Yeah.
3: So. it's a very it's very punchy the way she writes as well it's kind of like yeah. everything's very matter-of-factly sort of thing I mean I, one of my favorite stories by Shirley Jackson is The Lottery I mean no, if you ever get a chance yes, to read anything read the, read the short that story that's uh, my favorite all-time short story and basically it's a, again it's about a small town that you New know it starts it starts out normal enough you know a woman's hanging out her clothes out to dry and they're all gathering in the square and they're got, they're having a bit of a gossip. And then the lottery starts. And then, um, and her, the woman who's like, you know, just, you know, late because she was doing her dishes and getting her, you know, make, putting dinner on the table or getting dinner ready for later on, she gets called and basically she's like, oh no, it can't be, it can't be my year, it can't be my year. And then the whole town stoned her to death because every year they do this lottery where they stone someone to death
4: that is a really skeevy story too when you think about it it's scary you know Mm. i mean it doesn't have a lot of horror to it but the concept of the lottery in itself is really a disturbing topic (laughs) the way she wrote about it
3: well she but even like even like when you're reading about hill house it's like you know you're reading out you know you're reading it's like you know you know some places are born evil and all this other stuff and right. then you go to Eleanor and then you're reading about Eleanor and it's basically he's like you know she's living with her sister that you know she's paying all the bills but her sister's using her and she just kind of goes there and she's kind of normal and then she's just but in all that fact she's isolated from everyone she knows and then she ends up at Hill House and so, yeah. so but 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 it's like when you read her books it's like you're just reading like everyday life and then all of a sudden there's like this dark things that's happening underneath everything.
4: But they resonate, yeah. their, her style of writing resonated with me quite a bit, and I really never really sat other than Hill House, and he sat down and read another one of her books, and the way, I mean, I like, the,
2: I like Hill House. Yeah, yeah,
4: she, she's, a, I didn't realize how, not prolific, I guess, like you said, she writes about everyday people, and it resonates with you, but it gets really convoluted, and takes a lot of twists and turns. So Hmm. she was a really gifted writer and I never really appreciated her enough until I read this book. So I was kind of glad we read this one.
3: Hmm. I mean, she has. um, I mean, you know, if you think that her stuff was written like, you know, late 40s, early 50s is that when she started writing. And of course she died in 1965, I think. Um, So this is her last book that was published. But, um, But, you know, if you think about her stuff, it's so ahead of its time. It's just like,
4: for the fifties and sixties,
3: yeah, it is. Yeah. but some of it's still ahead of his time as well. I mean, you know, if you look at Stephen King or Clive Barker or Graham Masterson, and they say if they ask you who their favorite author is of all time, Shirley Jackson's in their top or their top three. So
4: she had definitely something about her that that's not even remiss, I mean, I just love like the, the first, first paragraph, I think I texted you, I go, oh my God, I go, Mary Cat is my spirit animal, I already love this book. <laughs> 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 I could totally um, I could it's totally believable because who really I mean I used to be very outgoing I like concerts and doing stuff but now it's just like god people have turned into such assholes I don't want to leave the house for the most part or you know I can totally relate to this book it's just like why do you want to do that to yourself why do you want to go out into the, you know people don't like you or they're judgmental or they've got some weird agenda or they think strange or why do you want to involve yourself in all that when you've got a nice castle of a house up on top of a hill with everything and all the money you need why would you want to be involved with everything and the people in that book are just horrible wretched people
3: mm-hmm. horrible Well I mean and, I mean I, I mean you get that in a small town though I mean the thing well, yeah, is if a tra- is. It, if a tragedy happens in a small town I mean for instance um we in Sacketts Harbor where we were we had this guy named Chickie. I don't know what his real name is. I'm sorry, but that was his name. Um, and basically, he uh, one day was driving in his car, got in a car accident with with some young guy that was in the car with him. The young guy died. He parked the car in his garage, sort of thing, and lived in his house. And his ho- house, his house basically was falling down around him. Right, and he was like a social pariah. You know, and we all knew him as Chicky. You know, I never, I never, I never knew the story. It's just like, you know, he was the custodian at, at work and he used to ride his bike up and down. So um, that story could be time. totally
4: made up, ad lib You just never know, right?
3: Well, the the, that, the, the, the the facts of the story are that. Right. But, you know, of course, you know, you know, when you, when I got older and I asked my dad before he passed, I go, what was the real story? Because he lived next door to my grandmother and, and my grandmother hated his house because yeah, you know, it's fall. It was fall- falling down. Da- well, it's just falling down. I mean, that. I mean, the, the garage f- fell down on top of the car. It was a re- like a really, a really n- old new car that basically had never been driven since that fateful night. And right. the garage fell on. top of They did of take it, the guy
4: know. out of the car, right?
3: Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the
4: dead guy has I mean, gone, right? <laughs>
3: well, I when I asked time. my when I asked my dad what the real story was, apparently it's because this young guy was might have been his boyfriend in 1950s
4: oh Oh, yeah northern new york even yeah So
3: i mean but he was so surprised for you know the whole thing just because of that you know that whatever that story is sort of like
4: that lady they called the witch of watertown she was a sweet woman and she just looked weird and they treated her abysmally
3: well my my grandmother told me the real story about her and the Witch of is like, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's the Witch of Watertown and stuff You know like who this. she
4: reminded me of? She reminded me of that woman in Black Sabbath, the lady that was like this coming for her rings. That's what she reminded me of. But, that's but, why it scared the shit out of me so much when I was little. Because she but, do reminded you know, me.
3: but but do you know what her backstory is?
4: Uh, she's a burn victim, wasn't she?
3: No, she was a nun who was helping, she was hiding Jewish children and
4: that I did in, hear in, in Europe.
3: Um, when the Nazis caught her, they tortured her to death. I mean, they tortured her, and they burned her face. Yes, and they burned her face, no, and they, they, her face and they scarred her. And basically, she, I mean, you know, she got liberated by the, you know, she was, she was in woman. one of the concentration camps. And she's lucky to be alive, and then she relocated to Watertown. And, of, of, course,
4: places
3: you know, and of course, none of us knew her story, and we always knew her as the Witch of Watertown.
4: And we were, I was scared of her, because she looked weird. And I feel bad all these years later, knowing that story
3: now, you know, know. when my, when my grandmother told me the real story about her, like when I was like in my twenties, I felt like, like shit,
4: we knew it was Burns, but we didn't know why.
3: Yeah. And we, I mean, one, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, but the thing is our parents kind of perpetrated that story as well, though, you know what I mean? Which is even worse, you know, it's like the whole, uh, the whole. Small town basically just evil. It, it just e- people because,
4: are assholes, they just are. And, and that's why I thought of her when I was reading this book, oddly uh, enough, because you could really exchange these characters for different small towns all across America or where yeah. have you, because people are innately cruel when they band together. It's a feeding frenzy for something, they do, yeah. they're just mean. We're mean, the species just needs to be annihilated off the planet. But
5: well, you know. It's interesting what you're saying. Um, When I was reading, there's like, uh, for example, my sister lives in a, it's a small town still. And once she was driving, right, and and she collision with another car, I don't know who was, uh, just two cars, did like that. She appeared in the newspaper. And she was really angry, you know, because uh, look, look, they don't have nothing but to do that, just publish and then, you know, put, ah, uh blah blah blah. Um the fa- well not the famous, but the doctor blah, 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 is like it's like what? <laughs> right. Because we were raised up in a, a big city where you know like if you crash your car, no one will never know.
4: Right.
5: Um then what I remember when I was when I arrived here to live in UK, I was living in a village and it was like everyone knew everyone, more or less, because right. if someone's arrived, so who is that from that? That person that has arrived. Have you seen that person? Blah, blah, blah. Which, for me, is like when I grew up with my neighbor. We would say good morning, hello, goodbye, good morning, and that's all. You know, unless something particular happened that you need to ask for help or or, or ask something in particular. But otherwise, we I mean, I never knew. I don't know the story of the neighbor, right? And yes, it's 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 horrible. You know, it's like it's like because it's a small town and everyone knows each other. It's like a kind of like that, right? To know or to talk or to give your opinion when nobody has asked it, you know, it's like.
3: Well, I had I had that situation on social media where um one yeah. of our writers basically went to this blog person and came up with this horrible story about me. Oh
4: Joe, the 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 ginger.
3: Ginger not a whore, guy. <laughs> oh, what a and
4: douche, the thing is douche and bag! The thing- <laughs>
3: And the thing is, is I woke up, I woke up in the morning and I'm getting these texts is like, and it's like, all of a sudden it's like all these people are like doing a witch hunt on me.
1: Yeah. And, it was it, terrible. and the thing is, is
3: it's like, no one, no, no one reached out, asked me for my opinion or anything like this. And I you mean, know, it, it. It took me a good twenty four hours to figure out how I was going to handle the situation when I chose to ignore it and it went away. It's still, I mean, it's still, it's probably, I mean, if you Google my name, it's probably still out there. I haven't but seen
4: the thing, anything uh, about that neon, but it pissed me off. I can tell
3: you that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just saying, and you know, when people want to go on a witch hunt, they can go on a witch hunt, and they will, sort of thing. And it's like, and and no one, and not once did anyone reach out that to reach out to me and go, is any of this true? They just yeah, assume that it for it was those true. of us
4: who knew that it wasn't. Whatever happened to that ass hat anyway? Does he still got a vlog?
3: Unfortunately, he got in really poor health. So, poor thing. (laughs) Poor (laughs) bitch. Poor son of
5: a bitch. But I'm not bitter. (laughs) Really, I'm not bitter. (laughs) You never know what happened you know he fell under a car <laughs>
1: <laughs> he got this guy oh, was an obnoxious
4: asshole i have no problem saying that on the, air- the airwaves not at all and the people that got him going they're assholes too and i also remember their name but i won't say a word
3: <laughs> well we it's kind of funny but some of the people who jumped on the bandwagon at that time i've now come you know i apologize oh, yeah. i don't want to work with you and i was like well i don't do the literary agency anymore i closed close that sort of thing that wasn't the reason why we closed it no. it was just too big of. A, it was too much of a pain it in the was ass
4: a lot of but, yeah, it was pain
3: in the ass. yeah it was a pain in the ass to do but um but you know it, it just goes and shows you you know you know even you know small town mentality is pretty much what you get through social media now sort of thing so it's kind of you know it's still
4: yeah but it's it's more vicious. i guess it's it's bad enough that it's vicious in person but social media has done something to us as a species and has turned Mm -hmm. us into crazy mean assholes Seriously, social media is probably, well, although that's because it's helpful you, that's, and it's that's fun.
0: You can hi, it's
3: because you can hide behind a screen anywhere. Oh yeah, everybody's like, got you're not, not, you're Facebook balls. I would
4: love to meet half the people out there with the Facebook balls. They always show It's like, okay, you're behind I a computer, you wuss. You I, know, mean, and- I, I,
3: I live in England where confrontation's not a thing. <laughs> and i confront people and they really hate me for it so i think oh you bloody I american i
4: think it's funny when you start. i always think it's funny when you butt in on one of my posts and starts spewing facts it just drives them insane they cannot yeah. deal with facts, facts it shuts
3: just them down though them
4: up. Just like, facts. And they it just, it just shuts them silence. down yeah i love it when you do that it's funny Mm. sometimes we even make up facts to screw with them and that works just as well <laughs>
3: <laughs> what about yourself Leandro what are your thoughts that we have always lived in the
0: castle
5: yeah I, I really enjoyed the short uh book um I really and enjoyed chapters. um well I really pay attention to the, the beginning you know it was like give you a really detailed um, like kind of list of things that they do the the way they used to do it and i was starting to think wow and that when when i read that I, i thought straight away
4: before you go get away from the beginning of the book, did did you Leandra, or anybody else? I, I'm still trying to figure out were these girls abused in the family because they're very nonchalant about.
2: Also, I was sensing, yeah, I was sensing yeah.
4: But I mean, they never really come right out and say it.
2: Well, there are a couple. There are a
3: couple of things that are kind of odd because, first of all, she goes about. Um, they don't keep their money in banks because no. their father said that the bank system is evil. But at the same time, he is, he's the head banker for the town.
4: So that's why they kept calling him a, a tyrant. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
4: See, I uh, missed he, that he, part. I didn't get that he was the yeah. banker for the town. That one flew over me. Okay, that explains a lot So
3: right there's here. that.
5: That explains why the people hate this.
3: <laughs> but he was also very, very pompous. And they sit there and goes, well, oh, there's no need for you to go down to the village because, you know, you're living up here and the wealth of, you know, and the good of wealth you know, and all this other stuff, so, I mean, they're pretty snubs. much, well, the, you know, I don't know if the children were, but no, the father, the father was, and, and and the father seemed to have a tight control over the mother, and his brother, and his well, wife, well, there's a
4: patriarchal, and isolationist, and an anti-feminist being kind of undercurrent to the whole book,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and everything, like, uh, like the pipe, or anything like like the cousin was 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 touching or whatever everything was patriarchal because he was doing what the father would do when the cousin got there the male cousin so yeah. i mean it's just it was really well thought out in her part how she conquered this book is really but she also
3: sits there and says that constance was dating a, a townie
4: yeah the fireman
3: so um so there's that question there about that Maybe I had something to do. Maybe she's supposed to go out that night and that um and Mary Kat, you know, changed the sugar to arsenic. And, they still don't uh,
4: understand why is she so mentally ill, though. They never really go into it. So I was asking Leandro since he was starting. Did you notice why Cat was so who, evil? She's an evil little girl. No, I don't think big, she's you know.
3: no, no. The thing is, I don't think she was evil. I think that basically is that whatever's good, whatever's going to happen, something bad. With, the father is going to do something bad. The fa- And because the mother doesn't stick up for the the kids and the and the brother and sister-in-law are not going to stick up for the kids because that's right. obviously they're living off. Everyone's living Funging. off the dad's money. Yeah. So, so I think that whatever's going to happen, I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, this is where Shirley Jackson—you kind of have to fill in blanks here because she's not, she doesn't, she gives you information, but doesn't give you a lot of information. And I'm, a, I put it together that maybe something happened that maybe she's going to run off and marry the townsperson, which basically means that, you know, he probably would have beat her or something would have happened to Constance. So, so Mary, his character so, didn't
4: really seem very, say, same, 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 you know, savvy. I mean, the character, the the, the man was also the fire chief that wanted to date Constance
3: he wasn't really nice was he um, well but he wasn't nice he wasn't nice because you know she gets accused of murder she um everyone thinks that she everyone in town thinks she's done it and she gets off of it and yeah. of course that would and of course if he's dating her that would have brandished his name as well so that's more like you are either with us or you're against us in the town so I think it has something to do it and I think he was bitter because at the end of the day he's probably thinking, why did he murder your parents because you probably assuming that as well when you want we could just run off together and you'd never have to see them again
4: yeah that would have made perfect sense too
3: so i'm assuming that there's probably a lot of um ambiguity going on there and i don't think they had a con you know once her parents end up dead i don't think they had a conversation to break off their engagement or their relationship or whatever It kind of like oh you know you just killed your parents and you're going to court you're going to jail and now you've been acquitted and now you know it's like yeah, but i mean she
4: even said they deserved it <laughs> so how did she get off it's just like i need juries like this around my life because she said they deserved it what you know
3: well the thing the thing is is that what you have here is that did she did she get off because there was not enough evidence or did she get off because they had a lot of the, money
4: or a lot of money well they don't they <laughs> seem to hate them how did they even get a decent jury
3: you know well that that's maybe that's what the maybe the townspeople think that she got off because she bought that maybe she they the townspeople might think that maybe they bought the bought the whole court system off.
4: well, the author made it sound like that she was too pretty and it would be a waste of life because she was like a crown jewel as far as you know being pretty or something
3: yeah, you know? I mean, I imagine she was probably very pretty and a ton of ugly people, so
4: well, that's just the way it is for some of us, right. <laughs>
2: Yes, I know.
3: I mean, it's I, have had that. I've had
5: that curse in life my whole life. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> but it's like. something that I really like. Got my attention was like this. I wrote it down to, like, um, put the things in the place where they belong. Right. Right. Um. Actually, uh, Mary Kat said you know, in a part in a point where we put things where they belong, and I, then I start to think, okay, but this goes from objects to me, right? Right. People, right? If someone tried to hurt me, I would put it in the place. I don't know. I I start to think about because, and I, as as we discussed before, I imagine that something happened that we don't know. Between the the parents and them, and I imagine that her sister know what has happened exactly. But we know that they, they were poisoned by with arsenic, but we don't know why. Um, well,
3: I but I think what we know is that Mary Cat didn't want const She knew that Constance did not take sugar in her berries. Right. So she was So I, I'm assuming that we're supposed to put together that she was protecting Constance from whatever is going on. Yes, but but we do get but we do get shades of what's going on with Julian with Julian in his madness. That's what I was was going to
4: ask. What is going on with Julian's character? I mean, you get a little more of an idea of it in the movie because it's well done. But in the book, it's just like he, he really does seem he's fixated on the murders.
3: But why is it survivor's guilt, isn't it? Why, why have I had I? Is that I what you're thinking? It?
4: You're thinking survivor's
3: guilt. Well, the thing is, is why did I? How come I survived when everyone else died? Because he didn't eat had, a
4: lot of berries.
3: Well, that's not. But that's not what you're gonna think. It's not. Oh, I had like a couple of berries less than everyone else, so therefore I was spared. I mean, he. I mean, he was. I mean, he was in a wheelchair and stuff like this because of it. Right. But, but you know, his wife. You gotta remember, his wife died, and his brother died, and his
4: sister-in-law. Brothers,
3: sister-in-law died so and then you know he survived so he's got survivor's guilt but at the same time i think we have an idea that when charles comes into the picture and then julian's pulling against him sort of thing that i think that kind of gives us an idea what the father was like the way the father was treating mary cat and was the way that charles kind of mirrored that yeah because yeah. Julian's just by like what Julian's saying to um, to Charles's behavior towards Mary Cat is like well, you know you should not be doing that. You're being patriarchal. Oh God, and so talk about and so forth.
4: A, talk about somebody you love to hate, cousin Charles. Oh my God, what a douchebag! That guy. Is.
1: <laughs>
4: I mean, he was a, such an unlikable character, and you knew when he just showed up out of nowhere, you weren't going to like him. And he knew he was probably after stuff you know because i mean he doesn't care about when the fire happens like which i was kind of hoping that he would think that he started the fire by the fight being dropped in the newspapers but i mean <clears throat> he doesn't he's i mean to the book you know he's more concerned about the safe than he is about the girl yeah yeah don't worry about the, the humans of the you know in the house get the safe
3: just wants to get to the vault <laughs>
4: yeah
3: well everything about charles is about the money though isn't it oh yes. you know she's you know w- that watch is worth a lot of money that's worth a lot of money What's she doing yes. burying that in the yard this and is worth I like a lot of
5: comparing money. to to the other i can't remember her name um the other girl that that, y- uh, yes that she was saying but she's she's burying some coins it's okay there's no there's no, pro- no problem and it's like it's like they're kind of like the idea that they're so rich that yeah, gold, well,
3: well I think, think another I think another you, thing with Charles yeah. is, is that I think the reason why Charles like Constance lets Charles into the household, because Constance under the impression that the only people you can trust are your family. Because Julia so in this case. Well, of course, that's not, you know, it's not, that's not the case in any case, really. It's like, you know, you have to, you can't judge a person just because they're part of your family. You have to judge them on who they are as a person, really. But, you know, and so that's what, so therefore, that's the reason why she lets him in, because this is our cousin. He's our family. We we can trust him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's, he's not to be trusted anyway. And, you know, and another thing is, is that, you know, Maricat is... Protecting Constance, but at the same time, Constance is protecting Mary Cap because she takes the blame for the crime. Well,
4: she all slipped up though with with cousin. Well, she well she was slipping up a little bit. She did take the blame. She was protecting her younger sister, who is eighteen, I believe, in the book. She's twenty eight, I think. And um, but that that she you kind of wonder what was going on because it seems like the romantic interest in Charles was happening, and I don't know what kind. I guess first cousin. whatever I guess that was acceptable back then first or second cousin but he's also he's on the take and she doesn't realize it and Mary Catherine knows that something's going on Constance is just too innocent I guess
5: um then I wrote down um control Right. So if you have, if you want to have control over over someone, you need an order and a system. And I think that that's what the father created in the house like a kind of way of patriarchal
4: is what it is.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Doing the same things at the same time every, every, and never change because that gives you the uh, feeling of um, security. And then, and for them, you know, that's, I think that's why they were, didn't want to put the things in a different place or do something different. Um,
3: having control of your situation as well. Well, they I wouldn't have say. had
4: control over their situation had Mary Cat killed the family. And then she sees Charles come into the picture and he's trying to insinuate himself as a strong male presence in that house. And that dog just isn't going to hunt, you know, with Mary Kat anyway.
3: Well, another thing is, is that maybe. Also, you have to think of that maybe after the trial, and then when Constant comes back home, you know, getting off with, a, you know, murder, and no one knows what happened. Now they're ostracized by the town, and so the only control that they have, they don't have control of the outside world, but they have control of whatever they have inside their house. So right. that's why maybe that's the reason why everything has to be orderly as well.
4: Did you? There, you there's it's focuses around food too. Did you notice how everything is around that kitchen and around food and lunch and eating?
5: yeah there's a real America big theme a, in this
4: book it's America
5: knows a, lo- knows a lot about chemistry you know like about fungi and
4: yes and the mushrooms, mushrooms.
5: <laughs> yes <laughs> and which things are poisonous and which which things you and and again you know that like she's doing like um a magical uh she's practicing
4: it? witchcraft <laughs> basically
5: where you she's need a hedge witch yeah
4: she practices yeah. naturally she they i I think what she's trying to do is what most witches do, and they bury things all around their property and exit stuff. So, But I don't know. And then that book keeps falling out of the tree, the one she nails to the tree. So, I mean, that's when she knew something bad was going to happen. So what happens? Charles shows up.
3: Well, another thing about food and everything, dealing with food and the kitchen and stuff like this, is you got to remember that Constance is the mother or the caregiver now she's the one that she's the caregiver to julie and she's the one that puts julie into bed she's the one that's making sure that you know when she tells maricat make sure you wash your hands make sure you wash your face sort of thing and she's now you know she's you know she's the caregiver the maternal one now to she's protecting everyone within her and what and a mother's and the mother is the queen of her castle isn't she yeah which Except is they
4: really don't talk about the actual birth mother at all hardly in this book you get a kind of glimpse here and there of what you think things might have looked like but it had to have been pretty bad for mary cat to want to poison all of them and constance to cover for
3: i imagine she probably was a bystander for whatever is going on the mother's the bystander it's kind of like that thing where um let's sit there and say i'm not saying that this the book says this but let's sit there and say that there's sexual abuse going on right and you know and the mother t- tends to know but she you know she doesn't want to ruin her marriage or want to right. approach it so she kind of lets it happen and, and but she but you know she knows right you know it, it could have been you know i'm not you know and maybe I a physical abuse or, or emotional abuse so you know for the mother not saying anything to protect her children in a way, she's a bit complicit into the crime that the father might be committing, whatever that may be.
4: Man, is arsenic that readily available? You just go pick up whatever and just it's rap- it well, and it's
3: just It's rat. Well, it's just rat poison, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Didn't this kind of remind you of a V.C. Andrews book for some reason? It was just kind of flowers, <laughs> like flowers
3: in, the in the attic. Flowers in the attic.
4: It <laughs> was a little flowers in the attic-y for me. Well, it did. It had that same vibe going on, I thought, a little bit.
3: Well, I mean, the grandmother in Flowers in the Attic does poison. Or the mother, the or the grandmother, depending on how you want to read it. Um, it, po- it poisons the kids with um, arsenic on the sugar cookies.
4: Yeah, I love the origin story. If you get a chance to read or see the movie, watch the origin story of that. It's really
3: cool. Yeah, I did watch it actually. It's on, it. Uh, it's, it's on really Paramount, good. isn't it? Yeah. The origin story, the flowers in the attic.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: which we will be covering at the at the end of the season. It's brilliant. So. I love that.
4: What's that, Craig?
2: I love that book. I read it recently for the podcast.
4: Yeah, that's actually a good book. I haven't, but Don't I haven't be a spoiler
5: to... because I haven't read it. You know, no, you you have to tell me a <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
4: You're going to enjoy it. You're going to like it. You're going to like it, Leon. Looking no, forward no. to
2: We need to talk about Kevin. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's next month, sort of thing. Kevin. So,
3: <laughs> yeah. That that's quite controversial in its own way. Um, so anybody, anything else anyone want to add about we always lived in the castle?
4: Did you guys get any good conclusion towards the end of it? I mean, is this there's just status quo? They're just gonna live out of the vault the rest of their life on top of the hill in a, a burnt house, wearing tablecloths. <laughs> i don't understand why they're wearing tablecloths i guess and their uncle's clothing so i guess they don't have any of that stuff
1: so
3: well doing... the whole up, the, well the upstairs got burnt in it so right but i mean I they, ma- they got a... and i imagine the uncle the uncle because he's in a wheelchair must his bedroom must have been on a lower level right so but they said she said
4: she was never allowed in there so she ended up sleeping in the kitchen on that mattress they cleaned
3: uh, i mean I mean, it does. I mean, it kind of does end like in the in uh, like in the future, where kids are still coming out and taunting, and then she comes out, and the kids run away. They're playing in but, the yard,
4: the gates are open. It's like a park now at the end of the book, and that's what I was like wondering how what you guys thought about the ending of all that.
3: Well, that's what I it mean, seems like. But she also she also sister and says that um, that they have become part of the, part of the village folklore now. They're a folktale right. now. You know, the night, you know, the night and and the villagers, you know, they tried to accost them and they and now now they're leaving food on the on the porch every day. You know, now, you know, yeah,
4: like, see, there we go with the food again, the food fixation, because they are leaving food for them because they felt guilty. And it's just <laughs> like, how could they not feel guilty? trashing their home like that i don't care how much you hate somebody and then they're
2: content to live in the house and they're content to still hide in the house
4: now they can live in massive uh, isolation you know and they never go outside again so i mean you got an 18 year old and a 28 year old young woman whose life is fried completely so i mean they're never going to get married they're never going to see the outside world i mean something's got to give i wish you would have wrote a second book (laughs) i want to know what um, happens
2: it was probably
4: another
3: I mean, another interesting thing about the whole thing as well is that they're living in a huge house. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like a castle. No. After the fire, mm. because the the turrets of the house it's are the still standing, through. and yeah. the grind, which now makes it look like they're living in a castle. And yeah. and if you live in a castle, what and people live in a castle. If you look at the royal family or anyone who lives in the castle, what does that do? That further isolates them from everyone else, anyway. True. That is so cool. more...
5: that's a good view, yeah, because our castles are always like a, a place that you can access really easily. Mm. So, they got it's cool, it. yeah, it's equally cool because, um, sorry to interrupt, but it's like you know, the castle mm-hmm. ha- always has like a um, what's the name? A fort, like a wall all around that you can't trespass. And in this, they school, got a
4: moat too,
5: yeah, and if you think now is like when you can have access to a castle when it's in ruins, like now with the people went there, destroyed it all and it's like
4: yeah. every tells I know is that you guys got a shit ton of castles over there. Every time I get a chance to come over to the UK, I have to visit a castle. No matter where it is, I'm gonna go find a castle. That is such but
3: stuff, man. But they're fortresses, and so the question is with a fortress. It is a fortress. It, is it to protect the people inside or for or or to make sure that the so people can't get in, or does it make sure that the people can't get out?
4: But they still but why I just didn't understand the end of it, I guess is what bothers me because people are playing in the yard. The gate, I guess, is not lockable anymore. And they see that people are out in the yard as long, I guess as long as they keep their distance, they let the kids play way out
3: well they, the he, they peek, they well, they peek out at them through. I mean, if anything, they become more isolated and more agoraphobic than they were before because before Constance would at least go out to the gate. To the yard, you know? yeah. But now neither one of them are leaving the house at all and, the, fa- and the, towns t- the town through their guilt are sustaining them by feeding them, which is the same thing that Constance was doing with the family by feeding the family. Now the town are feeding her and her sister. So I would have the the liked a little more
4: backstory on why why so much dysfunction, but it's Shirley Jackson, so we'll never know.
3: Well, I think, you know, I think as far as, you know, whatever goes on inside a family, there's always some kind of dysfunctionality inside most families anyway, you know, not to this, not to this extent, but there's also dysfunctionality within a townspeople. Now, if you're living in a small town and you have a person who owns the town Then if anything bad should happen to the person who owns the town, then basically the townspeople are going to rejoice in the badness of that. But what we got here is that, you know, we got the townspeople revoking after the fire and go, let it burn down, let it burn down. And then it's like, and then all that pent up hatred towards this family all come out in the fire. But then what happens after that? What happens after you get in a fight and you beat the shit out of each other? And then you, right. the next day you just you start feeling really guilty about everything, and then you realize like, "Ooh, we went too far." But you get caught up in the mob, you know, the mob, you know, the mob, the mobness of it all, mob mentality. Wait, the mob
4: word. mentality does get pretty scary, doesn't it? I mean, because people seriously, they're they're like it's like a feeding frenzy of sharks with blood in the water, and that you know, and, and these people were just horrible people. I mean. Just, I mean, just, just going in somebody's home and destroying and kicking them when they're down, their house burnt down. So what do they do? They make it worse because they hate these girls so badly. And I just can't, I don't think I could ever be part of that kind of mentality. Really. I don't think I can do it. Well,
3: but you see mom, you see mom, mob mentality happens almost, you know, on a regular basis, whether it's like at a football match and two people start fighting. And next thing you know, it's like, this turns into like a huge mob thing or, uh, or the or summer bar- of
4: love over here in
3: 2020, yeah. Or or the bar, or a bar fight, yeah. You know, a bar I've fight starts quite off a few
4: of those actually,
3: but a bar <laughs> fight always starts with just two people, it's and all- next thing you know, it's like everyone's involved, you know. And they're all and they're Not all going everybody. After-
4: There's some of us that are still in our little booth watching all the festivities, you know.
3: Yeah, but the majority <laughs> of the people are normally going after two people, yeah. or being up two or three people. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and no one knows why they're doing it, but everyone's just joining They don't know why
4: this. they're doing it either. Because
5: everything is connected with everything, but we don't know how. I tell you one story. There was in the in the Second World War times, let's say 1944, 5, early, there were people in Argentina supporting Hitler. There right. were Germans that were living there, but they were support, sending a lot of money to Hitler's cause. Well, that's because they were
4: all sneaking over to Argentina to
3: escape the Nuremberg trials.
5: Well, that was well, after the, the
3: war, not during okay, the war. After know, the war, when
5: when they when they, let's say I can't remember exactly when, but let's say 1994 that they know they knew that the thing was like going to end, soon, right. For the good or for the bad, and. There was a, there was a, a town, little town in a province in Argentina, where they were building a massive, massive hotel. Imagine you build a hotel in a, in a little town; nobody knew why. why. I was like, "Oh yeah, because." They That's true people.
4: story. They actually were building this place.
5: Well, yeah. no, the place exists. The the actual building is still okay, gotcha. ruined, okay. But there has an elevator like in the old days, and and, and a lot of furniture, a lot of quality. Ended happening that the the Second War ended,
4: right,
5: and the place never opened. And they knew in the town that it was there was this the the owners and the people who were contributing for to building all this. They were all people that were Germans, so they were all thinking, okay, someone important is coming at the point. And then when this this hotel never never worked, never opened, nothing happened then it, it is today well known that the, in the town they said everyone in the in the town in the house has an object from the place
4: oh they went in and pilfered a and they things. went and
5: started to keep grabbing everything the lamp uh, uh the forks whatever so there was a story i think that.
4: that they did that also to the house of uh uh what do you call it uh, uh, the perones i think they went into their house a lot of their stuff too And then I think they did the same thing to Saddam Hussein, the Winter Palace. They went in there and started taking stuff out of there, too. I would, too, actually. If I knew the Germans were, you know, the the Third Reich was building a posh hotel down the road, and they got their asses kicked in World War II, I would go loot the place, too. Because that stuff probably didn't belong to them to begin with. You know, they probably stole it from all these poor people They, they annihilated.
3: That's a well, good uh, story,
4: of though. I, I believe I mean, that. That's a
3: cool story. I mean, it, it, probably was new, it probably was new stuff anyway, but the money probably was paid for by
4: <laughs> Yeah, they probably shipped it all over from wherever they, they stole, you know, yeah. from the museums and from people's
5: homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Interesting. That's really interesting. I'm going to find that place and look it up.
5: Yeah, it's, it's the province is called Córdoba. Córdoba. There, were, there, were, there was a, a program on, on TV that I, I saw it, and there were two places. One was this one. I don't know exactly if they were building a hotel or a big, big mansion, but nobody knew right. why. And what an interesting story. One, there was another one uh, that this one, yes, is a, it was a hotel in front of the sea. Start to build a huge place, open for, I think, two, three months, then gone. God, wow. Pretty, what, how they stay, stay there still. Um the people saying that someone saw a submarine emerging at a point and then they never saw it again because you well know, those one, are
4: always been doing that yeah, one, one of, of the California. theories it was
5: saying that hitler went to argentina and, and because the country is so big he never 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 found it but i don't know but yes it is true that they found a lot of nazis
4: so after the war,
5: going to argentina and going to brazil so yeah
4: really interesting story. I'm going to have to look that up now because yeah. that's going to me. That's yeah. just I like that little historical tidbit stuff. Thank you.
3: Well, I guess what we should do is let's rate we Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Starting with you, Vicki, how many stars would you give this book?
4: I'm going to give it five just because I like how she wrote about it because Maricat, especially Maricat, it's like, cause I know how she feels. I don't want to go out there anymore either. And I mean, I'm miserable as soon as I get in the grocery store and I don't make no, I, I mean, I'll bitch her. You know how I, got, I am. I'll, I do that in grocery stores around strangers. So, I mean, I get total sticker shock when <laughs> I go shopping. But yeah, I just, I really thought it was well written. I I really enjoyed her characters because they really do resonate. And I like how she approached patriarchy without making it so PC, I guess is the word. You knew it was wrong and you knew these girls were fighting against something or something traumatized them yet. She brought it it quite beautifully up in a way that it resonates with the reader. That's why I thoroughly enjoyed this book.
3: What about yourself, Craig? How much do you rate this?
2: Um, I'd give it the book four four out of five. It was a good read and just just the right size really. Um Yeah. Ten really chapters, I'm
3: down. <laughs> 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 what about yourself, Leandro? Uh,
5: five out of five. Uh, well basically as Vicky uh, said it was it's really cool um let's call it suspense. I mean, you finish and you say, "Okay, hold on. I want to know more now." <laughs>
4: I know they kept she <laughs> kept you interested. Quiet. Yeah, yeah um,
5: she did. It Was really like clever. You know, that sometimes you know it happens that you read something and it's okay. Well, this is going down, but you no, know, keeping it all the time. Um, I like those little details that, like those phrases that maybe you read at the beginning and say, "Okay, this is the beginning of the book," and then you realize, "Okay, this is really important." That's why I wrote, I wrote it down and you said something really important, Vicky. They said like uh, about that system, about patri- patriarchal system. Once I read uh, something that was saying women are so clever that make, they can make men think that they have the power when they don't have anything.
4: Well, seriously, that's a smart woman can make them. I mean, seriously, look at all these dictators. Yeah. They got beautiful women answer. behind them. You know, who's really, you know, pulling the purse strings yeah. and making all of the, the decisions you got
5: to <laughs> When I was studying English, I remember that the, um, the professor at that time brought us a little story, and I thought this, this was so clever. The story goes like that. There was a couple um, with two kids, and they were decided where they're going to go on holidays. So the kids said, oh, we want to go to the beach. We want to go somewhere. And the dad said, well, let's see where we can go. So he said, well, okay. Go. He said to the lady, go tomorrow to the tourist information uh, shop and check what, what do they have. Bring all the information. So she went <laughs> and she chose the places where she wanted to go. Grab the leaflets, took it back home. Deep down, she knew but wherever they were, they were going to go, she would be happy because the places that she have chosen first. She bring it back, give it to the husband. Said, OK, here you are. Let's see what we can choose. So he chose. I said, "Okay, let's go here. This is the place that we need to go." And then she was really happy. did done because and she
4: had already chosen the place, <laughs> yes.
5: and he felt that he was empowered choosing he didn't choose anything at all.
2: <laughs> That's like in dementia where they taught me to: um, in the morning, if you're going to dress someone who's got dementia, don't just open the whole wardrobe and say, "What do you want to wear?" Because she'll be there for like right. four hours, but give them an option of two things to wear and then and then get them to choose one of the two.
4: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, though. That That's sort of like with toddlers and stuff. Never <laughs> give a toddler a choice. Children should never be giving any choices.
5: <laughs> God. And, and the last thing, as you said, Vicky, sorry, it's like... that's all right, honey. It was really cool, like, it seems that the two characters are really antagonistic, but I don't know at what point they are so different. I think they're like, both are well, there of course they have there are something strange in their mind, right? One I think is like feels yeah. that you have powers when maybe she doesn't have any power, but believing that that she has power makes her feel more secure. Well, you have
4: to wonder why are they so dysfunctional, you know? I mean, clearly there's a problem. So
5: yeah. and the other one reacts to problems like with a smile. And the smile is it, always bigger and bigger, like everything's okay, everything is, is super and it's really interesting how those the, the two opposite things, like put together, like perfect. Oh, yes. It got uh, voted. Okay. It got
2: voted the ten best novel of sixty two by Time magazine.
5: It was what, hon?
2: It was voted the one of the best novels of nineteen sixty two by Time magazine.
5: Wow, really strange that they took so long to make a movie about. Yeah.
4: No, there hasn't been any movies made. This was it, right? The one with... uh, Yeah,
5: Yeah, but it was in 2018 and the book was written when? 1962,
4: 61?
2: There was a a stage play in 66.
4: Oh, no kidding. Okay, I didn't read
2: that. On the Broadway.
3: I mean, I'm going to give it a five-star rating because I've read this book multiple times. I've read... I'm a huge Shirley Jackson fan. I got her everything that she's written. I am
4: now, I can tell you that.
3: And I like it because every time I read it, I I discover more and more. She you can reread it. They're easy reads, even like The Haunting of Hill House and yeah. the Lottery and For Susan and Sundial and all her other stuff that she's written, a lot of short stories. Is that you can read them and you know you and every time I read them, I get something new out of them. And there's very few writers I can get that from. I can I see where remember, you can so. read
4: this book a couple times and find something different each time.
3: And I find it when I read it like different ages it's like I find I I find out more and more and I figure out more and more so you that's... ever
4: wonder like with your college self when you went and read these books in college I mean your, your brain was and then all these years later it's just like ah <laughs> you know you read it again
1: it's
3: like
4: oh well you know this, this now I kind of get it I think I mean there, there's something to getting old I guess
3: <laughs> yeah it's been like Catcher in the Rye or when we did those right. classic novels that we did, um, that season of classic novels that we did. Oh, I
4: loved those. And, those, and then movie. we and we
3: read them and, and, then, and then we're like, like, you know, Hunchback of Notre Dame and...
4: Count of Monte Cristo, who'd have thought, yeah. you know? Yeah,
3: and then you reread them. And I know
4: that. I know like, Leander's shaking his head. He loves <laughs> the
1: Count of Monte
4: Cristo. Yeah, I love <laughs> the of of
3: season, yeah. I, yeah, that was, I love that. That was one of my favorite all time. That and uh, Hunchback and Notre Dame were my two favorite books that we covered that year, so...
1: Yeah,
4: that, yes. those are good podcasts too. I should go back and revisit because Leandro got—he loved, he loved those ones. <laughs> they were,
3: and they were difficult reads, but they were they bloody were, fantastic. Too, the count kind
4: of, i thought I was gonna like you have to put a hollow point between my eyes. I mean, that was such a long book. I mean, that was I an know. enormous book. It's like, damn, Keith.
3: I didn't. Well, I didn't realize how big it was until we started reading it. I mean, I'm reading a I'm reading a nine hundred page novel at the moment, so which I'm loving at the moment. But what is it,
4: Warren Peace?
3: No, the new John Irving book, the last, uh, the last is it chairlift. That
4: big
3: nine hundred pages. Yeah,
4: is it loving so far? I'm going?
3: loving every word of it, though. I'm I'm thirty percent. What of title is through, it? You know? the, the last I chairlift.
4: <laughs> the last bullet.
3: The last chairlift
4: the last chair left interesting
3: okay uh, that's excellent so Well, this brings us to We Have Always Lived in the Castle, the film, which is a 2018 American mystery thriller film, which was directed by Stacey Passon, written by Mark Kruger, and starring ta- 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 Tessa Forminga, Tessa. Alexandra Daddario, Crispin Glover, and Sebastian Stan. It was based on the 1962 novel of the same name by Shirley Jackson. It premiered at the LA Film Festival on September 22, 2018 to generally favorable reviews. It was released on May 17th, 2019 by Brainstone Media. What we're gonna do is cut to the trailer and be right back.
5: My name is Mary Catherine Blackwood. The Blackwoods have always lived in this house and we will never leave here, no matter what they say or
1: what they do to us, never. Father built this gate to keep
4: us safe, but it could not protect him.
1: My mom, is just you and Constance eat rice! Holy witch!
4: People here believe Constance killed Father.
2: One of the true, genuine mysteries of our time.
3: There is such a thing as good taste.
2: Have you ever tasted arsenic? What are you doing? I heard Father in his room. I feel him coming back.
5: Maricat, it's our cousin, Charles Blackwood. He looks just like father. Has he said anything about leaving? He's our cousin, and he'll go when he's ready.
4: His presence is a strange new spell.
1: We have many plans to make.
2: That chair is my dead brother's chair.
1: Going to put death in all their food and watch them die.
2: He was a very wicked man, our father.
3: Welcome back to Literalize's Podcast. We're discussing We Have Always Lived in the Castle, the 2018 American mystery thriller film. And starting with you, Leandro, what are your thoughts of the film?
5: Uh, well, I, I really, really like it. Um, again, well, there's something that really caught my attention that when, when she goes to the shop uh, the first time, I don't know if I realized later but she was with a spoon and she was stirring the coffee over and over and over and over and then she took the spoon. But I I have the feeling that she took the spoon from her house to the coffee shop and then brought it back. Why? Because what do you need to put poison in 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 the sugar spoon? So it's like, you never trust, you know, the, 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 the weapon that you commit the murder, you never. And and then at that moment, she was in the ship and there was a kid going, running around in circles. I don't know, I always pay attention to those. I have a friend who said, you remember always the things that nobody pay attention about. <laughs> but for me, it's like, that means something, you know, someone going around and around, and then they were having dinner. And then imagine that you start about, talk about the subject, and I start mine, and then you, and the three of us are the same, Repeat like talking at parrot. You, if you are out of the scene, you are like, what, what's going on? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I imagine that for me it was like when they were not comfy with the person they were with. Each of them start to do their own kind of uh, replay record. To to avoid what was going, was happening? I don't know. I found it like like that.
4: and you get a kick out of watching her walk back from the store and she had that sugar and it was spilling out everywhere? Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's such a very, like bucket, and that sugar was all over the place. Yeah. I was like yesterday years old. I go, I texted Keith. I go, I had no idea thaisa Farmiga was Vera Farmiga's sister. I had, I was, I did not know that was her sister. And then I kept looking at her and go, they got to be related. So I looked it up and, you know, her sister's the one that was in The Conjuring, you know, what I'm talking about. And she was in Bates Motel and that was her big sister. And she got her into acting and just like, God, she got her into acting just at the right time for American Horror Story Coven. So she must've been just like 18 when she did that, you know? Well, she
3: was in, she was in the first season of American Horror Story as well. She's the daughter right
4: and house oh that's right that's right that's right I totally forgot about that but I mean yeah. you have a thought. and then and they got other siblings that are coming up now and acting but I mean it was just it, she was the perfect choice for maricat I couldn't have found another yes. actress that could have honed in on that character like she did because she's really a lovely young girl and they got her with the braids and the nerdy pants and then the shirts and you know I mean she just Pulled it off brilliantly. I mean, she really, I love her anyway. She's a great little actress.
5: If this movie, if this movie was really old, I would have put uh, the lady with whatever happened with Baby Jane.
4: Right.
5: I can't remember her name. I really love the name. Betty Davis. Yes. Betty Davis? Yes. That that face of crazy on another level.
4: <laughs> she does have a face of crazy. I mean, if you look at her other movies, Betty Davis just yes. she had the, those eyes. It was those bug eyes, but it was.
5: You know, mm. Betty Davis eyes. So yeah. Well, and then then I found something like repetition here happens all the time, you know, like doing the, the same things all the time, the same way. And then as as you said, um when the the cousin grab um the girl and start to shake her, right? I thought, well, hold on, this situation probably happened before, that's why um. They react that way, you know, one one defend, the other one, or I'll kill him with a what's the name right. of that crystal glow? the crystal globe? The crystal globe,
4: a crystal ball thing.
5: Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what when I was watching that though, I have the feeling that this situation has happened before. Um, mm. yes, and I, and another thing is like I think that the two sisters know exactly what has happened because when they were in when after the the fire. They were sitting in the kitchen and I said, okay, we forget this, right? Yes, we forget right. it.
4: Also well, like The like kind of
5: like language they have that they know what they're saying, we are out, we don't know.
4: So, Crispin Glover though, I mean, it was is he just kind of mentally defunct now because in the movie, because he was poisoned? And, and, but it seems like he has, he's got a side that that resonates with sanity. And it seems, I mean, it's just kind of weird how he played it brilliantly too. Crispin Glover's great actor. And I really Mm. enjoyed him in this. And he just, I always think of, you know, George McFly every time I see him, that's never going to get out of my face. But he kind of got really handsome with age actually. Mm. And, and, you know, but he's actually a nicely seasoned actor now. You know, when you watch him do his directing and and his, and everything. I always
3: always remember him in Friday the 13th doing that weird dance.
4: Was that him? Was he
5: not in the? Yeah, he was going like, "There's that really freaky dance." That's oh him. God, it was. Oh, yeah, like, I remember. I think he was in the Charlie Angels. or don't Yeah, he was <laughs> in Charlie's One. Angels. Oh, as that's well.
4: right. Charlie
5: yeah, he kept everything.
4: ripping off everybody's hair and smelling it. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> he's so good as a weirdo. He just pulls yeah. off weirdo like no anybody.
5: Is nobody he else is. English? Huh? No, he's
4: American. No,
3: he's American. He's hmm. American.
4: Yeah.
5: Well, I, I have, I have the feeling that. He was trying to write the story and, and write what happened, but he couldn't remember it properly. So That's, that's why funny he I, was, how he kept he bringing it He was recollecting it up. the story all the, all the time and didn't know how to do it. I don't know. I, I, but
3: I, I think it's because um he doesn't want to. It's kind of weird because he wants to remember, but he doesn't want to remember.
4: Well, he's asking about the cigar. Did your father take his cigar in the morning outside? You know, I mean... He's, he's got his brain is like a mile He's trying so hard to write this story Like a true crime novel I guess is what he's trying to do
3: Yeah, but at the same time If he writes the story, he has to implement He's going to have right. to You know, basically this, point the finger At somebody, isn't he?
4: But isn't that why he always insists that Mary Cat died Too, but she's right there Because that's like Cousin Charles She's right here, you know, she's right here but Yeah Who because was that the, actor? I,
3: for cousin Charles, he was kind of a- Sebastian Stan. He was Sebastian Stan. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, what's quite interesting is, I mean, they have made some. They it's very faithful to the book, except for the ending. It is was. the
4: ending was different.
3: The, mm-hmm. the ending's different because um, they kill cousin charles and they bury him which just doesn't happen in the book he just comes no, back boy. and they and they refuse to well, answer but the he door dies
4: of a heart, he dies of heart failure because of the he, i thought smoke inhalation because no one really went to go get him
3: well yeah well he comes to the house they don't answer the door and then you find out later it's like we don't know if it's the next day or years later that he died at some point but when he didn't die near, near
2: them the vent, or on the premises when the smoke came through the vent i was like oh no he's gonna go he's gonna die
4: I know. I felt bad for him because he was like he deserved to live. He really did. I felt so so sad for his character.
3: I thought but he kind of ha- he kind of had to die. He kind uh, of had, had to die though, right. didn't he? Really?
4: Yeah, he did. I mean, so the girls could achieve their utopia of dysfunctional freedom away from society. Well, uh,
3: it's his it's his death that stops the the pillaging going on. Right. Or, yeah, the, if he or didn't...
4: actually, know the the acknowledgement from one of the firefighters that he had died, and that I mean, who does that to be? I mean, I there are people I know that it would be like that. Actually, that would tear somebody's house limb from limb. There are just mm-hmm. some, there are some like she says in the in, in the book and in, in the movie. There are some bad people out there. And I don't think anybody is not susceptible to them, especially when you got a town that's against them the way they were. Like you know, beating on that little girl as she was going into town while well, she's eighteen, supposedly. But all she's doing is getting her library books and her groceries and wants a cup of coffee for crying out loud. Does people have to be so insanely cruel? You know. But you
3: but you also know but you also notice, um, and I think the movie kind of spells it out a little bit better than the book does. Then when she goes for the coffee and um, the guy and his friend are picking on her and the waitress is really nice to her. Yeah. But but then instead of like the waitress saying anything to them because it would put her in the line of fire. She goes, oh, you better go now, sweetie.
4: Well, she did tell him to lay off a couple of times.
3: Yeah, but she knew that basically if you're not careful, you know, it's best for her to leave because otherwise, you know, you got to, you know, you don't want to be going right. against this town sort of thing because, you know, and that's another thing you've seen how the town reacts to the, to them. So are you going to be able to, are, if you move to that town, are you going to stand up to the town knowing that they, that you could be the next victim? Right. So there's yeah, that those as well. People, so.
4: Someone just needed a good, a good high powered long rifle, shot it above their heads. Nobody, I mean, does no one defend themselves in this this movie or the book, really? There is no defense. You don't have any police presence. And the only reason the house didn't burn down, because, well, even the jerk firefighter realized he had to at least do that and not let it burn down.
3: Because well, it's our job. Because we have, we, well, we, we we have, have to, to do this because it's our job. We don't want to do this, but we, right. this is what we're paid to do.
4: Right. So, I mean, yeah. that was a little disenchanting, too. I, I mean, that that kind of... I don't know. It just it just shows the very worst of human nature, to some extent.
5: Yeah. Mm.
1: And I
4: think that I mean and and why and people wondered why these girls were cloistered in there. I can't honestly say I blame them. Constance though, they they picked a perfect Constance because she's ethereal looking in this, you know, right down to dressing like the the perfect housewife for for dinner and. And you know, cousin Charles, boy, I don't know what cousin Charles' deal was in this, mm. but how close the cousins are they, and what is acceptable? Well, you know, well, you know
5: it's really interesting that this happened um, last week. I was watching uh, a TV program from Argentina, and there was a really famous model, an actress from Argentina, and she was telling that she, in one moment of her life, um, she fell in love with that uh, with um, her cousin, right? Right. And, all the people were like, whoa, wow.
4: Right.
5: Someone is telling you national television, you know, and, you, and then, and then she, and then she said, the, the, the man who leads the program said, could you, could you, because the program is called Now We Can Talk. Right. Uh, and then he said, could you tell us more about the story? Because, you know, it, it, for everyone, is like not happening all the time, you know. Like,
1: right.
4: And well, she said, well, look,
5: um, it is so good. It is so good and feels so good that has to be bad, because otherwise right. it would be like too good. And then he said, "Well, can you explain a bit more?" And then he said, "Well, look, it's someone that was raised the same way, if they if their cousins are like um, really near, right? Right. From the same family, raised in the same way, um, that you know that technically you expect that because your family will look after you.
4: Sort of like the Wilkeses and Gone with the Wind." <laughs>
5: <laughs> and then, then she was saying but it has to be bad because she says it's like it's like kind of like it's so perfect that it could it has to be bad did
4: they end up staying together or being no married? no
5: in the end something happened i don't know she said that uh now she thinks that for her it will be like like a love forever but the man now has a new partner and then she said well look i'm respectful and i would never go like kind of to him knowing that he has got married again but they get on well, and even now they're friends with the new wife and everything. Everything is cool. So Clearly,
4: they don't watch Game of Thrones, where it's totally yeah. acceptable.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I mean, an interesting thing about this is that Charles is the son of Arthur, which is the brother of Marikat's dad right. and Uncle Julian.
4: So they'd be first cousins.
3: Yeah, they'd we be first cousins. Through. But but the, but the question basically is is that. After the poisoning and through the court case and stuff like this, what, did this side of the family just ignore them all of a sudden? I mean, he just, I mean, his father died of a heart attack, and that's why I Charles know. comes there, because obviously his, obviously his father didn't leave him any money. But the question basically is, is like, so did this did this, did this side of the family just ostracize them for yeah, the for the crime place. that happened. There's no
4: other characters, so apparently nobody wants anything to do with his family. Please, you know,
3: when Charles shows up, it, she goes, "Oh, I, you know, we haven't seen you since you were a little boy, right? When we used to play together when you were a little boy." It's like, well,
4: well, he knows they're rich.
3: No, but what I'm saying is, is that you know, Where'd the crime the that happened. The, the well, the parent, you know, the parents were poisoned along with the uncle and aunt, which is his. Uh, two uncles and two uh, two aunts, so they get poisoned. You know, it's his brothers, it's his father's brothers and sisters-in-laws who got poisoned. And what they never made any contact during this whole bit. And the thing is, not like they didn't know because apparently this was a huge headline news story,
4: right? For back then, right?
3: You know, well, I mean, it hit the you know they and the thing is, it's your family. I mean, the thing is, you know, sort of thing. I would and- know
4: if my family. Had poisoned so, basi- so basically, the Char- family,
3: b- so. but I'm just in saying that Charles's family didn't reach out to Mary, Cat, and Constance whatsoever.
4: Yeah, well, you can only have so, so many characters. But well, let's put it this way: isolation. Well, no, I
3: mean, but all it isolation. could all. No, it could mean the simple fact that that you know you are now the embarrassment of the family. We don't want to have to do with you. And right. I mean, Charles. I mean, and now, I mean, Charles shows up because he says his dad died after his dad's death, so I'm assuming that his father didn't leave him any money.
4: Well, I guess if you remember when he was in the, the restaurant and they were looking at his car that Mary Cat had keyed, by the way, at the second viewing, I noticed that. I watched it a couple times. But he goes, he goes, well, how he goes, how much did that cost? And he goes, well, yeah, I won it aces high. So he didn't buy that car. He won it in a poker game, which I kind of yeah. gives you a little...
3: He's probably he probably gambles his money away. So yeah.
4: So I mean that gave you kind of a kind of a little nod to what he's like probably.
3: And I mean he he's he's there. I mean he's there not to support the sisters or worry about his uncle Julian. He's there just for the money. It's all about the cash, about the safe, getting the combination to the safe, getting the money inside the safe. It's all about the safe. But you know he has to play Constance to get that. And poor Constance hasn't had any. Human touch, you know, since you know, since she got, you know, since the crime happened, you well, know, her boyfriend uh, it, left her. Was there?
4: Well, there had to be a little sexual tension, at least between them in the movie, because remember when he came in from the shower, she wanted to give him towels, and they're standing there just kind of sizing each other up. And then, well,
3: so I mean, she's she's a bit over familiar with him anyway. It's like, oh, would you like to have a bath? I'll run the bathwater Yeah, your bath she seemed
4: a little you. too cozy, so. She's probably a virgin still. I'm assuming.
3: I I mean, she's gonna be socially awkward anyway. I mean, she's she's agoraphobic. She's, she's hasn't seen another, she hasn't she hasn't seen another person for ten years since this all happened. Six. Six years since Six. this happened. So she's been she's been closed off. I mean, well then, it, it's probably. So she more... was
4: 22 when the family died. She's now probably at, at least in the early 60s. Would you still consider old maid maid? Still, kind of people think about that back then.
3: Yeah, but I'm saying that she hasn't seen anybody except for the townies come who come in and check up on the family every once in a while. That couple, those
4: goofy assholes. They said <laughs> they come in and drink their tea and don't leave. Just don't talk about it. She goes, "You promised not to talk about it." <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. But I mean, but but they ma- but they, I think they make like regular visits anyway. I'm assuming because you know they, they brought come this other tea pre-
4: once a week. Yeah,
3: and they and they brought this other woman just on the off chance he wants, you know, (laughs) who was a bit socially awkward anyway. But I mean, so this couple, I think, you know, you know, kind of like trying to get them back into society and everything like this. So I think, I mean, I think though they, I don't think they're busybodies. I think that I think their intention is is good behind it all. It's like, oh, you know, they'll move on from know. this. They
4: just don't seem like, well, maybe the man, who's getting, he's upset actually when they start dis, dis, just destroying the house. He's upset about it. I think that the the sister of the mother actually cares and that's who these people are. But there's just not something wholesome there. I mean, it, it doesn't appear like there well, is well, a form of familial love.
3: Well, I mean, but if you if you think of the whole, if you think of um what is said, I mean, after the when they come back to the house after everything happens, after the traumatic thing, and she goes, We gotta get them out of the house, you know. And you know, she goes, you know, don't worry, everyone's gonna forget about this, you'll you know, and you'll be you'll be able to live a normal life. And she kept saying that over and over all the time to them um you know and the reason why she was upset with her friend mentioning about the crime is like you know they don't need to be reminded of this they need to go they need to get back out in society they need to get back out there and i think their intentions are good i don't you know they're not there for the money they're not there for anything but trying to get the sisters out there right. and then the husband and i think I think what ends that is the husband goes for god's sakes they're grown women now you just got you gotta respect their wishes now you know well, and so, you uh, would but
4: think I, after what they did to him because it was a total assault on somebody's home, and I mean, it already burned. And to add insult to injury, somebody also dies in their family. the heart failure, I guess. The uncle died, and on top of that, they're destroying their mother's memorabilia. And yeah, but evil. but
3: but that's but that's not the couple. That's not the couple coming to visit because when they pull up to the house, and they're going and they're seeing everything going on, they're trying to stop it. They're trying to stop. You can't be doing stop it. You know what I mean? It's only when he fires the gun in the air that they stop. Sort of thing. Right. So, that, so that, so that's why I'm saying that couple. I think are good are good people. Actually, I don't think they're there's not they're not there for the money. Not like Charles is. They're actually. I think they actually do care about them, and they're and they're trying to get them to have some somewhat of a normal existence outside of their
5: house. It, it was really which they're shocking. never
4: going to have again.
5: Yeah, it was really shocking for me when when um, they were dressed. Um, America said, "Are you dressed like mom and dad?" And the, the casting was wearing uh, her dad's clothes. And then the lady was uh, dressed like as mom. And I was like, whoa, that, that's that's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Well, and then you see her, I guess Mary Kat's having a, a flashback of her parents are sitting in the chair while she's out there hiding by her little spot. Mary Cat's always been our favorite daughter. We let her do anything. We don't punish Mary Cat. Like I said, the actress that they got for this part was perfect. This part was written for her. I don't care what anybody says. She's just excellent at it.
3: But I think you also got a um Constance doesn't have a personality of her own her own anyway.
4: Not much of one. You
3: know, I mean she might have had a personality before this happened but she now she has a choice. She can't be herself because if she is herself, she's the acquitted murderer. Even though she didn't commit the crime, but she was gonna be, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to adapt, you know, the mother role, I'm going to adapt a personality. And then of course, when Charles comes in and Charles adapts the father personality, Constance already has the mother personality anyway. It's like, oh, and I think this is kind of where we kind of mirror what, probably what their parents are like, you know, where, you know, Charles is, going, Charles is acting more and more like the dad is, is what Barakat says. And all of a sudden Constance I think is mirroring what how her mom was reacting to everything. So, I think I so, and I think you know, we get that in the book as well. But you get it, of course, it's more visual in the movie. So, I think that's what the whole that's what most of the story is right there is that basically Constance is acting the way the mother acted when the father was abusing the daughters or whatever he was doing to the daughter.
4: Something happened there, I mean, where they had this massive rejection of anything masculine. And sort of like to the point where Maricat, I mean, she, she, I would, I would not have wanted to be cousin Charles in that house, especially if there's arsenic flying around in there. And he was eating like a pig, too. I mean, there we go with the food again. But I mean, it was all about food. And I mean, he trusted, I'm going to eat this wonderful meal that Constant made. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's all about food. And he was wearing the father's clothing, he was smoking the father's pipe. You know, I mean he was trying but to what? totally insinuate himself into their life. He
5: didn't call your attention when they were dancing, and then she said, Would you like to eat um what's the name? Gingerbread. No, no, yeah, but that, that part when she asked, oh, how how do you say this, this, and that in Italian? And she Oh said, how yeah, 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 how yeah. I right. would like to prepare you lamb lamb with I don't know what. That was roasted the same, lamb with onions and
4: potatoes or something. That was the
5: same food <laughs> that they were eating when the parents uh having that dinner yes so, yes oh you are
4: right i didn't even pick that up oh my god yeah
5: Somebody's flooding something
4: yeah <laughs> but but wow. her sister became so her sister became disenchanted with their life there for a little bit though because you're kind of wondering oh my god she wants to marry her cousin or something
3: well no i, th- I think the whole, the whole thing is is that they're so used to routine You know, and you get it to the simple fact, like you know, oh, you need to go back to the store again. I only do this on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, so you know, and with the cousin coming in, it's it's the routine is all in disflex. Plus, you got someone who's supposed to be a guest in your house taking over.
4: Yeah.
3: And then, then of course, what you also have is you got the guest who's taking over, becoming your father. While your sister is being your becoming your mother, what your mother right. was like—that's
4: exactly what was going on. That's really just who. That was so. And,
3: was- and and if you if you notice what was going on, whenever Charles was having a go at Marycat, and this is why I think this is what happened. What the reality of this situation is that Constance was in the Marycat situation the father would have a go at Constance and go overboard and go after her and start yelling at her, complaining about her and stuff like this. And the mother going, well, you should listen to your father.
4: Yeah. You and, know, and, all that
3: sort of, and all that sort of business. She and I think, think yeah. You know, and I think that's basically what the whole situation was. So I think what you're seeing, how Constance and Charles is acting towards Maricat is, the reality of what went on before the poisoning with the father and the mother towards Constance.
4: Right, right. Maybe
2: the spells and the superstition um, that she was casting was almost cemented, not cementing, but it was restricting her as well for her own movements because, you know, she would only think that, she'd only feel that something couldn't happen if something was contained, um, you know, if the book was nailed to the wall, and and uh, not the wall the, to the trees, for example. So then something something would be contained, and then when when it broke down or was moved, then it then she became quite vulnerable and um and quite insecure. It's OCD as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the thing is,
3: is like you have that because you want total control, and if something takes that control away, you pretty much start losing it. Mm. You know, Mar- and Merakat is all about control
2: anyway. It's like, you he know, just the heck-
4: bad though, really, when you think about it. Everybody wants to control Constance.
2: And poisoning. Even her is- sister. The controlled. controlled way to die is by poisoning someone at a certain time with a certain amount of um, right. poison and in a select time and the food, and you have to prepare it. And it was quite methodological. Mm-hmm. It was
4: definitely premeditated. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, it's, you know, I would imagine with Constance and with Julian and America before the uncle shows up, as I imagine they get up at the same time every single day, breakfast is on the table at this time of day, lunch is on the table at this time of day, she right. starts
2: lunch at this time, you know, the exact, and I bet you it's like right down to the minute every single day. Just be wary when someone so- offers you any berries just like in Hunger Games, just oh, avoid shit.
4: Mm-hmm. What was it with uh, the berries in the Hunger Games? I forget <laughs>
2: They, they, they're the uh, t- the, t- t- um, the the last option to take before, or, or you you're just wither away if you're hungry in that room, or you'll you'll die anyway.
4: Oh, okay. Um, I totally uh, forgot about that. I haven't seen the Hunger
2: Games in a long the, time. I really love the cinematography of this movie. Um, I think the the cinematography was by Piers McGr- Mcgrail. It mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Like the panning shot from. The village or the town reminded me right. of like the Amidale farm sequence where it looked like a miniature village. And that's then what you...
4: they looked like in New England though. The, the wow. villages do look that's like so that.
2: Beautiful. And the panning shots that they did with the Depth of Field was absolutely beautiful. With the It
4: was kind of pretty, wasn't it? The way that they, they got shot as this
2: well This
3: was actually this was actually filmed in Ireland.
4: Was it filmed wow.
3: in Ireland?
4: Because that yeah. looks like something right out of Vermont, yeah. New Hampshire. Mm.
3: Yeah, no, it was built. It's filmed in south, um, southern Ireland. I'm not well, exactly I, sure where.
4: Well, it's it's very pretty village wherever it is, but that house is just fantastic. I mean, God, yeah, it's, I, I would I would just give my high teeth to live in a house like that. I wouldn't yeah. want to clean it, but I'd like to live in it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it was yeah, it, in it
3: was,
2: yeah, in County Wicklow.
4: Oh, interesting. Did I went to
2: Ireland this year. It was absolutely, I went to Bantry in uh, Cork and it was absolutely beautiful. I yeah.
4: Ireland is just so pretty. There's uh, just no it so around nice. it. It's and they on the Gulf
2: Stream as well, so the weather was really nice. Yeah. And where else
4: can you find semi tanker trucks full of Guinness other than
2: Dublin? All right. <laughs> <Hi. laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: Look at all the beer! There's just beer everywhere in Dublin.
5: <laughs> we should we should get together for St. Patrick, not next the year, the, the Hey, airport. I'm I'm,
4: uh, I'm down for a trip. I'm telling you, I keep canceling my trip to the UK because they all keep getting weird strains of COVID. <laughs> I
3: I lived in our, yeah. I lived in I lived in Limerick for a year did you really? Oh, yeah, I Limerick, met New York or Limerick? <laughs> Limerick, no Limerick, Ireland, called Stab City. I worked in a. I milked cows, and I basically worked in a uh, restaurant called the Texas Steakout where I had to dress as a cowboy with oh gun holsters goodness. and go, ha, would you like to have some steak? And what kind of steak <laughs> would you like?
4: I would pay to see pictures but, any I, say, video you
3: like I got photographs of me and my cowboy There's outfit. There's a restaurant and stuff like in London that I've
4: been to once or twice. And it's, it's a, like a Texas restaurant, and it's got the pictures of the cowboy boots and the horse paws or hooves walking up the stairs, and that place is still there, but mm. y'all make some weird tacos.
5: Sorry, uh, sorry well, yeah. question, but where are cowboys <laughs> in USA? In which where? state? Texas. Just Texas, because I was living in North Dakota, and we have... Um, and Cowboys, North, Dakota, North Dakota, Montana,
3: Montana. Wisconsin.
5: So this all like a region, right? The, the Midwest.
3: Anything,
4: you know what? Wherever the cattle drive country is, coming all That's the way true. down from from even from Saskatchewan, even all that, all the way down to the southern tip of Texas, all cattle country or used to be. Yeah. We still got a ton. Of, we got the Four Sixes Ranch down here, yeah. about two well, hours well, south of us. Yeah. That that play, they have their own post. They wouldn't get their
5: phone postal. Numbers. It was you know, it's I was so living big. in a in a town called Medora in North Dakota, and it was seven blocks in the middle of nowhere, but everything, all the, the buildings were looking like the far west.
4: Right, right. Yes,
5: it was really, really cool. Really and it's mean.
4: cold as shit there too.
5: <laughs> well, no, I, I always I'm the lucky person that the, the year that I went, there was no snow, these 50 centimeters or maybe less, 30. When they said like, the year before was like a meter and I wanted to go to a place like that. But, uh... Oh,
4: it's just beautiful there. I haven't been in so long.
5: Mm-hmm. But
1: it,
4: and it was really, I, I really felt bad for these girls in this but But then on the other hand, how do you feel bad for somebody who just poisoned their whole family? I mean, things are bad, but I mean, how bad could it be? Now, if the guy was a sexually abusive father, I would have poisoned him.
3: Well, Mary Cat also tells you a lot about the father ha- had them in fear of the town anyway. He right, built he right. built the gate to keep them in and keep them out. That's why the gate was there. So maybe and daddy
4: what, was agoraphobic a little bit or how you were saying. Gr- 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 well, then
3: he, gr- he said there's yeah. uh, the townspeople are stupid and thick basically and that, and that they're and they're well, just they scum. were.
4: Did you look at them? Did you see how they were acting?
3: Yeah, but I'm saying, but he says he's saying this before they were before before oh, yeah. he died. So oh well, I mean, yeah, and, they,
4: but he said they they kept calling him a tyrant and a bully and everything else. So, I mean, Daddy had already set up the up the the pretentious. Yeah, whatever, and that's what they're
3: saying. saying they, and the girl and the girl Maricat, I mean, you know, she was eight when you know. Eight ten, I guess when the crime happened. She's
4: eighteen in the book. She's next because she's,
3: she's six married. years six years ago, so she was twelve.
4: Oh yeah, so that really that puts it in perspective. She does her whole family when she's twelve. What does that say? You know,
3: yeah. so something
4: seriously is amiss in this family that's living in. And
3: this town. and and she has and she has she already she's born with a I mean they're she's born with a fear of the town and Constant has a, a towny boyfriend as well, which, which wants to like really set everything. How did this happen? How movie, did she meet did this that, person?
4: How did that happen? Because in the movie they didn't really explain it. She was dating the fire chief guy in the movie.
3: Well, you know, she had she was dating a friend, but the question is, we don't know how they met or what was going on. But we know that she's the day that they were the day that her parents got poisoned was the she's supposed to go on going on a date okay. with him.
4: Okay, I couldn't remember, but just so, you know—he he kind of was kind of—I don't know. She's sitting there minding her own business, having a cup of coffee, and I mean, you know, come on, don't bully a young
3: woman. It's, mm, it's kind of—well, I'm, I'm just saying that. Though. I'm not saying that she deserved to be bullied or, or not, kind that kind of, of situation, but I'm, but I'm also saying that she also she has a fear. of The town and the town have a fear of her.
4: But there's a so, lot of mental in mental illness throughout this whole novel, throughout this whole movie. I mean, that's just mentally ill. I mean, Constance is like a Stepford wife, no matter who she's the daughter of or married well, to. Or.
3: she's ag- she's agrophobic the beginning. I mean, right. I, anyway, you well, know, she's, she's all agoraphobic. excited over
4: getting out to the front yard by her garden. You know.
3: Oh well, as uh, well, I think, one day, one day I'm gonna make it past the gate. One day I'm gonna make it past the gate. Six years she hasn't made it past the gate.
5: But and out, now, I have and a now, huge house, you know.
3: Don't be like that. <laughs> a like Sam, it's
5: a bit like Sam
3: Smith. I can't do it. I and COVID. It's just so horrible. As <laughs> you living in 18-bedroom house, mansion. It's like, ah, oh, it's really tough for you. <laughs> no kidding.
2: I remember the gingerbread persons.
4: And who ate the gingerbread Did person. you notice they did a shot towards the gingerbread men? that they just kind yeah. of left there out in the open yeah. I mean was there something going on with the ginger <laughs> you know I mean because that that's an easy place to sneak they, in they
2: were for the local church fate yeah mm. <laughs>
3: yes. but I mean the thing is it's all about but the, the the weird thing about it is is that at the end of the story sort of thing what could have been a free experience for them where they can actually leave the gate and they go and they can lead lives outside. What happens is whatever happens within this situation for them, because one or two things are gonna happen. You're gonna be ex- extremely free because everything's been burnt down and you start right. a life anew, but they don't start life anew. If anything, they become even more secluded. And, and now instead of roaming around in a big house, they're roaming around in three rooms.
4: Yeah, that then the house is decimated basically. I mean, you know
3: the ceiling lights and are the, all
4: gone. Well,
3: they're not even. But she's not even going to the shop anymore.
4: Yeah, so I guess the. I mean, are we supposed to believe that the townspeople are going to keep them fed?
3: Yeah, they keep. They keep. They kept bringing food to the. To one well, of how are they? they so, I mean,
4: I'll be realistic. Somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody's got to be taking care of this stuff.
3: Well, I mean, we. the thing is, we don't. Know how well supposed taken care of.
4: That's how my brain works. That.
3: Well, I mean, (laughs) well, the thing is, we don't. I mean, to be honest, they could be taken care of for the rest of their lives, and there could be some person who's paying all that for them anyway. I don't know. I mean, all. I mean, they pay cash for everything because it's in the safe, and the safe's still there. But I'm not sure what happened.
4: Well, she's got money buried all over the house too. I mean, she's got all those points. uh, Cousin Charles is really upset about those. Those coins he found in that box,
5: you know? Just, he said, everywhere. Was
3: silver coins, not normal money. What he said. Oh, no. Well, well I mean, and but I, I mean, the big telling of the story, the story basically ends, basically, is that they don't even venture outside the house anymore and they spy on who's ever outside through the peepholes within the vines and the
0: holes in the wall.
4: And they're wearing so they, tablecloths, okay? Don't forget that in the book they are wearing tablecloths that they have no yeah.
3: clothes they don't they don't venture out it's been like gray gardens which we'll be covering next year right which is a doc which is a documentary about two real people who kind of live like this but um that should be interesting but, and how do you think you're taking the book down well so they're they're the cousins of jackie onassis
4: really interesting and,
3: Who? And, yeah We're covering covering a documentary next season called Grey Gardens, which is about a mother and daughter who basically used to live in this great big house that basically is crumbled around them and they still live there till the day they died. And And that Onassis
4: family, that is some messed up stuff. If you read everything that went on with the Onassis family,
3: you know, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, well, this is Jackie Kennedy's own family. Jackie Boulevard. Oh, so this is
4: Jackie O's Family, family family it's not oh, onassis's so. family
3: no no it's a real okay. family so i think so but um but yeah so i mean you know people seclude themselves I and mean, what happens is we we get left with a story where basically they're more secluded than they were before even maricast more secluded because she's not even leaving she's not even leaving the three rooms neither is the So well, this is probably know.
4: the end of the blackwood family because no one's going to get married nobody's going to have children these girls eventually are probably going to be institutionalized because somebody's going to have to wipe their butt later on in life.
2: And
3: well, we know that Charles doesn't end up with anyone because he die. He dies of a heart attack. In the movie, well, that, was he gets the, that was
4: the uncle died of a heart attack. Charles is fine.
3: Yeah, well, in the book, he's fine. In the in the movie, they kill him and they bury him in the backyard. So,
4: well, the uncle, not Charles. Charles, they put in the backyard.
3: Yeah, Charles. Yeah,
4: cousin Charles.
3: That's who so they bury at the end of the, the, old in in the movie.
4: movie.
3: No, no, Charles shows up at the end of the movie and basically, and this is where it differs from the book because what we got is um, he goes and has a go and then Constant kills him. Does and she? The book and America has- and Constance bury him in the oh, back so garden. Yeah, but it's no globe. Oh,
4: wow. It's How good. did I miss that?
3: And then, And then and then what we get what we get and then then it goes back to the book is that we get the first time that oh, well, that's right mary- the
4: snow globe oh my god yeah that's right she beats him over the head with it and because mm. he attacks constance but that didn't happen in the book okay i got
1: confused yeah.
3: for a second. Okay. but what we what does happen in the book and in the in the movie is that constant tells mary cat i love you and that's the first time she's ever said that to her
4: and they only speak of the murders just that one time
3: and to be honest, I think that um, you know, I think basically is that they knew that you know they that they always took care of each other no matter what. That's what the thing is. And at the end of the book and then of the movie, the two sisters just can take care of each other.
4: Makes sense. So. I I just can't imagine wanting to live my life. I mean, I I like seclusion to some extent, but you gotta live. God, man.
3: Oh, I I could be quite happy in seclusion, but not with a family member.
1: No, <laughs> no.
5: I, <can't. laughs>
3: I love my family, but I don't love my family. So
4: yeah, gotcha. Love my oh. kids, but well, I'm no, glad they're
5: out of here. <laughs> I, I, I live in a studio flat, right, and it's really small, right. So before lockdown, I was. I didn't like to be here because I was feeling really like trapped. Right, because, so I was going out all the time. I was working. I was going out to the gym. I was going to visit friends. But I was here just maybe I don't know to eat something, go to sleep, and that's all. Right. Then when COVID happened, you know, I have to be here. No, I didn't have any choice. So then I put internet and I start to stay here uh, longer. And now I reached the point that I enjoy being here and I'm not going out not much.
4: We can't afford been- to go out over anything, here.
5: Everything is so expensive that it was like I lost it. Exactly, I it. exactly.
4: So
3: I thought, I've, uh, I've been like that for a while. I hate people, so
4: yeah. That's why I was. That's why I was texting Keith. Like, I love this book already because I hate people too. I have no problem <laughs> staying away from people.
5: No, so no I, I like what Mary Kelsey said. She said the world out there is is beautiful. It's amazing. What is wrong is the people. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, the world is full of people. That's what's wrong. <laughs>
3: So let's rate. We all to live. um, We always lived in the castle. Starting with you, Craig. How many stars do you give? We have always lived in the castle.
2: Um, I'll give it very enjoyable movie, beautifully shot. Um, and I'll give it five meerkats out of five.
4: Five meerkats.
2: And what about yourself, Vicky?
4: I'm gonna give it five too. I loved it. I just love the actors and, and the actresses, and, and Craig's right. It was beautifully shot.
3: And you love Theaandro?
5: Yes, five out of five. Uh, these are, um, they the, how they chose the characters, like the actors, really good. I love that that we don't know exactly what would what's, what's going to happen next, and sometimes you know I, I like it when that thing happens because like an open open end. i was thinking okay will they repair all that all the, all the house with all the money that they have in the safe i
4: know that's what i was thinking they got they probably got well the equivalent of millions in there probably i'm assuming why not have somebody fix the house but they're not going to because that means they're going to have people have to, have to deal with people so that's not going to happen and they why they just buy, buy? Why they just buy
3: a? They should just buy a mobile home and just put it on the lot.
4: Well, in the book, <laughs> they had a summer house out back, didn't they? And then just, they just let it go. I would just move into the summer house and
5: clean it up. Mm-hmm. I I really like from the sorry from the movie when, when, at the end when there was the boys were shouting things and she did the opposite before she was locking everything. You now she starts to open everything and she stand up and they run away. She didn't do anything, but. So, that I
3: don't know. I like that, that thing. So, yes, uh, five out of five. I'm going to give it um, five out of five as well. I have to sit there and say this is the only other um, book or story by um, Shirley Jackson that's been filmed. The first is be The Haunting, which is a fantastic. And this is like... They haven't made another-
4: any other movies, this is it? Just these two things? There it. haven't it's been any Haunting- movies. No one's made a movie The Lottery. how do you not make a movie at a lottery because i mean that is that's just waiting to be made literally there there, there is
3: a school film on it because um the first time i became um obsessed with the lottery is that we had to read it in school i was like i think i was like 12 when we had to read it and then there's you know when they um would bring out then they would they do a special film of like a short film film for for a school film and it was one of those celastic, so It's something like children's film festival but it's, yeah. it was too gory for children's film festival and i just remember seeing it seeing it and it's available on youtube so you can see it it's only about 20 minutes long
4: i know but i want to uh, see i want to see somebody really do something with it
3: yeah but uh, like
4: now bambi like they're gonna redo it they're doing a redo of bambi now you know they're kind of in the vein of what was it uh Pooh, the uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. People are all upset over it. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and now they're gonna do something with Bambi, and everybody's upset because they're taking America's childhood away. I'm not for that either, but some of us adults want to see Bambi's hunter who shot Bambi's mother. We want to see him get fucked up. You know, I've never seen the movie
3: <laughs> oh, Bambi. <laughs> It's it's a it's a beautiful it's, beu- it's a beautifully animated film, Bambi.
4: It it's is, but there, there somebody's somebody's of course gonna go the extra mile. But I mean, getting back to the lottery, that would make an awesome movie. It really. I was. have seen
3: I have seen the sequel to Bambi called Bambi versus Godzilla. Have you ever Bambi seen that?
4: that? What was it? A rated X.
3: <laughs> no, no. Basically, it, it, basically it's Bambi and he's like out in the field and he's eating and it's you know it's very and the sun's shining everything like this and all of a sudden Godzilla's foot just like stomps on him and that's the end.
4: Are you serious? Yeah. How Cloverfield <laughs> is that? I swear. No,
3: it's just, but it's called Bambi versus Godzilla. It's just Bambi. Da, da,
4: da, da. That reminds that's me of end. Charlie <laughs> the Unicorn, Charlie. Yeah.
3: Uh, but um, but yeah, so I'm gonna give this a, a solid five. And I sit there and say it's a brilliant adaption as well. It's, I mean, it's, it is it's, really well. I would like
4: to see the ending played out a little more, but guess
3: that's and, and I And I, I think Shirley Jacks, from my understanding, Lawrence Hyman, when we interviewed him, this was going in production when we interviewed him and he was very excited about it and he was very much a part of it. So I think that helped as well that her, that her son was involved in this, so. So I think this is what kept it quite Well, this brings us to the end of the Literature License Podcast. Next month, we'll be covering Let's Talk About Kevin by Liv Schreiber, which we'll also be covering the film, which the film came out in 2011. And was up for multiple awards so that'll be something interesting. And um it'll be quite controversial. So you know.
4: Controversy as us. <laughs> yeah.
3: But um, and but then of course next week we'll be covering Doctor Who, we'll be covering the edge of destruction, which are the episodes between eight of February to 16th of February 1964. And of course, we'll be also continuing our Batman the animated series. So we'll be covering I Got Batman in the Basement, Heart of Ice, Cat in the Claw, Part One and Part Two. Our make remake will be the fantastic 1961 West Side Story and the Spielberg remake from 2021 of West Side Story. And our M&M Monsters and Mad Men for our Christmas special will be Cannibal the Musical directed by Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park and Paul Barton's Eating Raoul from 1982. And of course, before we bring in the new year, Dark Shadows will be returning as Tom has come back into the fold after a long illness, so we'll be back with dark shadows. So it's good night for myself. Good night, Craig. Good night, everybody. Good night, Leandro. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vix. Good night. And it's a merry Christmas
2: to you all. We'll see you next month in the new year. For we all to talk about.